What time is it? Winner's Corner. That's right. Hey, and I'm here with the results for the latest draft. That's right. We had the Stewards of Sound 2010 songs draft with our friends Hannah and Dom, along with myself and Kyle. And here are the results. In fourth, with four, we have Kyle. Tough breaks, man. And then set in third, we had Hannah with eight votes. Then we had myself in second with 10. And then in first with 25 votes, more than all of us combined. Dom destroyed us. Whew. I mean, he put together a very nice board. Daft Punk, Lizzo, Kendrick, Jay-Z multiple times. I mean, it's hard to beat that. Good job, boss. another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and we're your hosts damon and kyle how's it going man it's going all right how are you my friend i'm doing good uh it's the draft just happened so you know i always at least watch the first round that was fun more trade it it was the most unpredictable draft i've ever watched witnessed it was it was a blast how about you man Uh, you been doing anything fun I haven't I haven't caught up on the on the draft. Might be something to happen later tonight. But um, I have I've been watching. Um, it just dropped, so there's only two episodes. But for any Andrew Garfield fans out there, um, he's got a new show on FX called Under the Banner of Heaven. Really, really good so far. And he just announced he's taken a a break from acting. So this is kind of his last role for a while, and it's really good so far. Nice. I am probably spending all day tomorrow watching. The last half of Ozark. So. Ooh, yeah. Final season. Forgot about right. that. Oh, man. Also, joining us today, uh, we have our guest of the pod, Colleen. How's it going? Hi, guys. Oh, it's going okay. It's Friday. <laughs> it is Friday. Yes, uh, we were recording this on Friday. Y'all will, y'all will be listening to this, or at least it's dropping on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Uh, such a great date. Are y'all uh, celebrating at all for the for the holiday? Watching any anything at all? What's your I'm, favorite? I'm kind of still waiting to see if Disney Plus Plus might be like doing a surprise drop of something because I really expected Kenobi to drop on May 4th, and of course it's later in the month. So, what if we just randomly get a, a season two of Bad Batch or something because they dropped That's it on May the fourth last time? I would love that. Of course, I'm probably working on the fourth, which sucks. But like, if they drop Bad Batch, I might have to call in sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> I've contracted something <laughs> I've, con- I've contracted the RECA disease I'm sorry <laughs> oh man alright but no Um. yes it is it's May the 4th weekend or week I'm just gonna celebrate it all uh, why are we here today Kyle what are we drafting yeah fun one to kick off the month of May celebrate the week of uh, May the 4th we are doing a Star Wars themed episode basically we are Taking a cue from the MCU, we are building a Star Wars What If show. You consider us the three showrunners, and we are giving you our pitches on 
what we think we should explore in this vast universe in a galaxy far, far away. So basically, the four, uh, the three of us are going to get four picks each. Um, just what if questions? What if this happened? What if that happened? And we'll all be talking about the ramifications of that, the consequences that would happen from that. It's going to be very conversa conversation-based. Um, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Colleen is going to school us on Star Wars knowledge, as per usual. <laughs> uh, yeah. And to decide the draft order, which kind of matters less here, but will still be fun, um, Anna, our lovely producer, is going to hit us with a list game. What is that list game today, Anna? The list game is naming different types of alien races. Humans do not count. <laughs> you can use any kind of sentient creature. So if it's like, I don't know, like a, like a pet or something, that is also acceptable. You can do it from any sci-fi fandom you can think of. Okay? All right. Perfect. So and let's... Colleen oh, is our guest. Okay, so wait, I'm sorry. All it's not just Star Wars. That threw me for a second. No, yeah. I, I specified this with Kyle before the pod because I said I could be kind of a jerk and make it really specific <laughs> and obviously give Colleen the clear advantage here. Um, <laughs> but I'm just gonna do generic all sci-fi. Okay. okay. Right? Gotcha. Sounds good. So let's throw it at Colleen first and then Damon and then myself. Sounds good. Okay, so we're just naming yeah. like alien races. All right, yes. I'm going to throw a curveball and go with the buggers from Ender's Game first. Ooh, love them. Um, let's go just keep it in, in the universe, Twi'lex. Uh, Xenomorphs. Oh, that's a good one. Cardassians, not Kardashians. <laughs> although mm. although count? questionable <laughs> um falcons uh romulans mm -hmm. let's see let's go with loath wolves um togritus Go with the exterminators themselves, the Daleks. <laughs> Exterminate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. Um, Cylons. Nice. I need to watch Battlestar again. So it's been good. too long. So it's, uh, Cybermen. Um, let's go with the Kree. Oh, good one. Aqualish. The scroll. Let's go with Flurkins. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Zabrax. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> the Borg. Resistance is futile indeed. Uh, let's let's okay. go with Five. the, the Chitari. Okay. Wookies. <laughs> um 
Kaminoans? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Geonosians. The Chiss? Bastards. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I would get, like, major hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> District Chiss with <laughs> third place in the Hunger Games. <laughs> um... There's so many, and then it's just yeah. like... Uh, My brain's getting overwhelmed with all these franchises. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to be the first one out. Mm-hmm. That's my brain. Um, <laughs> Five, four, three, two... Zoltan. <laughs> nice. Good Is that recovery. a race? I- I for, I don't think that was a race. I think that was the name of the of the uh, the cult of of it. I don't think that's an actual. I can't remember race. off the top of my head. I Anna maybe we need a rolling. You mentioned the movie. You, you're the reason I thought of it. <laughs> Did you really just make a dude? Where's my car reference? Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned it in our chat the other day. I, I I love that movie, and I couldn't think of anything else. But I'm pretty sure that was not the name of the aliens. I or was do it? Not believe it was. So I believe you're out. I'm sorry. I'll be okay with it. Uh, let's go with the Navi. Okay. Uh, the huts. The the. Um, I don't know if they count because they're gods uh, as guardians. Yeah, I mean they're like, ta- they're not human. She calls <laughs> so. yeah, she calls Thor an alien. I think right, or right, Darcy right. Is, I think yeah. Okay, um, whatever the hell ET was. <laughs> <laughs> you have a name. You yeah, have... their species probably has a name that we can't pronounce. <laughs> this is very true. The ETs. They're in Star Wars too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is that going to count? I, yeah. I got, I, got another one. <laughs> I haven't seen ET in a long time, but I don't remember them like name dropping his species they, in they the movie. They never said. They never said the name. That's oh, very true. Well, if I if that was true, I would have said Yoda a long time ago. Yoda's <laughs> species. I would have said. I was that, gonna say I, that's that's named somewhere maybe not in canon media but it's there's got to be a name for it out there somewhere i don't think there is i think george wow. no there is a name is there a name for the et race there is. is okay it's really random i don't think it was said in the movie so probably you know, like some sort of george like and steve probably made it up <laughs> yeah probably as it's as Asgodians? I, I can't say it. A-S-O-G-I-A-N-S. Hmm. I have never heard that. Oh. The <laughs> more you know. Okay. Got All it. right. Um, uh, Celestials? Let's see they count. Um, the weak way. Hmm. Bundle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Ewoks. Those little bastards. Nice. Very nice. 
Um, let's go with Rodians. Mm. More assholes usually. <laughs> <laughs> um. Five, four, three, two, Mm-mm. one. Nothing. Oh, and I was going to be the Mon Cala. Mon Cala. Oh. <laughs> See, I, I had Mon Cala in my head, and I just couldn't think of the next step. I was like, I'm just going to say Mon Cala Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're just the Mon Cal. <laughs> All right, Colleen, you won the list game. That means. You get to decide the order of the draft. So, what's that order? Okay. I think I want to go second. Let's see. Do Damon first, and then Kyle third. All right. I am down for the turnaround. Uh, All right. I'll get us started then, y'all. Let's do this. Okay. Um... This is one that I, I mean, it's a very popular one. Um, so one reason why I'm going first with it, but also it's just, it's one that I've always been fascinated with. Um, I always really like his character. He was fun and we lost him way too soon. Um, what if Qui-Gon survived instead of Obi-Wan and, Ray, and trained Anakin? Instead of? Instead of Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan dies. So this is where Obi-Wan is gone. And you just have Qui-Gon and and Anakin. What happens? I mean, for one, I think you get a different kind of Anakin. One that's, I think, maybe a little little more chill. You know, just like not as wound tightly. Um, One that's maybe a little bit more accepting and one that's a little just looser of what it means to be a Jedi and the rules. I mean, Qui-Gon seemed like he was like not all with all that, you know, he was just kind of his own kind of guy. He didn't really follow exactly what the order was, was spewing those days. Um, and so I think we would have gotten an Anakin maybe who wasn't craving the approval of the council nearly as much. Mm-hmm. And maybe when his feelings towards Padme were evolving, we get him who actually is someone who goes to his, uh, master he goes to Qui-Gon and maybe he's there to help him along it you know and he feels accepted you know so maybe Sheev maybe we maybe we don't get that turn I don't know there's a lot going on there let's let's explore that for the further uh what are you thinking Colleen where where can we go from there so Qui-Gon gives the sex talk uh (laughs) (laughs) I think that pretty much the entire Dave Filoni said it it all mm-hmm. hinges on Qui-Gon's death, Anakin's yep. turn. I think Qui-Gon, like you said, he's chill. He's laid back. But he's he's also strict enough where he wouldn't just let Anakin go absolutely crazy. And he was really big on teaching. He, him and Obi-Wan's relationship was very interesting when they were younger. Because Qui-Gon wasn't sure if he was that good of a teacher. And neither was. Obi-Wan was like, yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that helps like the more father son style relationship than bros. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause it's like, yes, Obi-Wan is his father figure, but he's more of a brother. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I just feel like it's more structure while also being looser. Like it's just like mm-hmm. organized relaxation. It's just going to be, he's just not going to be, I don't, I, I felt like with Obi-Wan, he gave him more of a, a tense, very narrow tunnel to follow. It's just like, this is how we need to be, yeah. you know, and that, that is Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon mm-hmm. was very much not like that. Uh, where, where would you go with this, Kyle? What, what do you think would happen? Like further down the road, like Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars uh, area, because we don't have Obi Wan. Yeah, is right. Qui Gon fighting this this war? Is Anakin? Well, that's that's the thing is interesting there. I, I that's the thing is I think that's where it gets really interesting is that era, and I think that um, this is my first pick too because it is so crucial to Anakin's journey. Um, like I, I think first of all, you talked about Padme. I think that's one big thing. I think the other big thing is that Qui-Gon immediately goes with Anakin to save Shmi. Like, Shmi is alive 100% in this timeline. Um, yeah, it, Qui-Gon probably wants to bone Shmi, let's be real. Like, you know, maybe maybe we're taking the father figure they thing did. a little too let's far. Like, that's <laughs> he's basically Anakin's dad now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you all about he. he's not only just more chill, he is the closest thing we have... I go back and forth on the whole gray Jedi idea. Like I used to ride really hard for it. And I think now it's something that I still like a lot, but I think it's one of, it's like, like a lot of things in star Wars, it's fans have kind of ruined it for me. Like people go so hard for the gray Jedi idea that I, I it's soured a little bit for me, but it's still a really cool idea. And I think the closest thing we got to it in Canon was Qui-Gon, right? Like I think that he is someone who would routinely not maybe like, overtly but he would reject the ideas of the council and the jedi order and i think that giving anakin a mentor like that who obi-wan was torn on those things but he never showed it to anakin i think that one of the biggest problems with their relationship was the fact that obi-wan wasn't real with him and he didn't show him like yeah i have the same doubts you do like he if he had only been a little bit more transparent like that would have helped a lot of uh, things with them and so i think yeah sharing (laughs) Exactly, just two bros in a hot tub six feet apart because they're not gay and sharing. Um, <laughs> uh, Qui-Gon... I, energy from those two. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, and Qui-Gon, I think there's that bigger age difference, so y'all are right about the father figure thing, but also I just think that he is transparent with Anakin. He tell, honestly like validates a lot of the insecurities that he has, and I think that, especially in that Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars era, which is a crucial time for Anakin as a just as a person... Um, I think that Qui-Gon being there really helps. I don't know that he would be taking as active as a role in the war as Obi-Wan does. I think that he's more of someone who, if he doesn't outright leave the order, I think that he's someone who's in the background, like maybe encouraging Anakin to to take a backseat. And Anna also brings up a great point. Um, Qui-Gon was also Dooku's apprentice, right? So like, I'm not saying they like try and bring him over or like anything like that, but I think that Qui-Gon would be someone who would want to want to see both sides more than most characters. Like he would be a more level-headed person in that conflict. So yeah, it's a, it's a crucial, crucial thing. And if they ever made a what if show, that would be the first episode I want to see because it, it makes a, a lot of sense. Like it changes a lot of core things to the prequel era. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one thing I want to touch on before we move on from this one, like, where does Sheev go from here? He does not have his, his like, you know, ace in the pocket, you know, so to say. He does not have what he's building up to be his guy, his Darth Vader. 
what's where's he going from there? What do you think, Colleen? Hmm. I think Sheev probably would have stuck with Dooku until it was obvious that he couldn't anymore, and he just would have found a different apprentice. I don't know who. Like maybe Ventress mm. would have caught his interest, <laughs> and he would have yes. been like, "Yoink! I'm gonna steal her right up, and I'm gonna have her kill you." Oh no! <laughs> I think that could have been interesting. But also, I think she's kind of a misogynist as well as a racist. So mm-hmm. also, maybe wouldn't go for a lady. <laughs> well, we all, as we know, Darth Maul survives. So maybe he comes all the way back around. <laughs> I don't. Like, I, I think Shiva at that point was like, "You're a loose cannon." Fuck him. Got, yeah, he's just like, forget him. He doesn't have sexual charisma to, to survive anymore. <laughs> um. And more than anything, also, Order 66, how much does that change? Does it go oh, down at the man. same point in time? Like, Anakin, I'm guessing, doesn't have any, like, you know, maybe he leans on the dark, but it's not, Sheev is not able to manipulate him like he, he was able to in our universe. Right. So, like, him and Qui-Gon are going full strong. They're maybe not really in the war, but when Order 66 goes down, what's happening? Maybe they're the ones protecting the Jedi Temple? They could yeah. Be. Well, here's the thing, too, is before Order 66, I'm going to say a name that's going to make all of us cry at the same time. But if I, I 100% think Qui-Gon would have listened to Fives. Like, he would have yeah. heard him out, and he would have been on his side 100%. Imagine yeah. Qui-Gon's relationship with the clones. Like, it would have been as good, as great as Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship is. I think Qui-Gon would have been their favorite, 100%. It would have been a lot like Plo Koon, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. Like the dad, he's their dad. Qui Gon and Ahsoka, though, y'all. Oh my god, it'd be so precious. We don't lose Ahsoka. Would Ahsoka be Anakin's apprentice? Anna asks. That's a great question. I don't know. A lot of things could happen. A lot of things could snowball from there. Maybe Anakin doesn't isn't as strong, or like he doesn't strive as much as he does under Obi Wan to prove as much. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't try, but he's like really. You know, like a hot shot, just kind of, I don't know. I just, that's real. I really want to see who Anakin is in that life, like how he acts and would he want to like train someone and how different he would train Ahsoka if that's the case. What do y'all think? That's another really good question. I, cause yeah. Yoda puts Ahsoka with Anakin to kind of temper him. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't have that loose cannon energy, would Yoda have paired them together? I don't know. Mm. Right. Maybe. Maybe to tame her. Like, maybe she's the one that is a little... Just chill everybody out. It's (laughs) Qui-Gon's relaxation. and Anakin and just, like, chillax. (laughs) (laughs) Even people like Yoda and Mace, I think they're a little bit more in check with Qui-Gon around, right? Like, because they tend to get a little more, like... They get... yeah, they're full of themselves sometimes, and I think that Qui Gon is the one who points that out and is like, "All right, your plan isn't as bulletproof as you think," <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's a crucial right. character for sure. They definitely would have listened to him when he said, "It's a Sith," though. Yes, absolutely. Right. Um, okay, we could go way far and deep on that one, um, but let, let's keep it going. Colleen, you wanted the second pick. Um, is there a reason for that? Did I pick yours or, or are you confident it wasn't happening? I I was I was like, um, 
where should I go? Because I don't know about the turn. Sometimes I get a little anxious when I have to make decisions too quickly. So when I'm in the middle, I can just like check and see where we're at, how we're feeling. I had kind of a funny one that I was like, I'm probably not going to use this, but like, what if Disney wasn't a coward and actually made Finn and Poe gay? That would be amazing. Yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. I mean, that just instantly jumps up a yeah. couple levels. A much better yeah. movie. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that would be a good one. Um, my main one is what if Ahsoka had listened to Maul. That is my first pick. What if Ahsoka had listened to Maul? I don't know if she would. <laughs> Either way, it's kind of like a what if Maul came at it from a different way and didn't mention that it was Anakin. Mm -hmm. Like that probably would have worked also. Like, what if Maul was good with people skills? <laughs> but I think it, it once again is all on Ahsoka there, not wanting to believe that her master, her brother, could turn. Like, just not seeing that in him, even though she knows about Padme. She knows about Anakin's struggles with the Council, with the Jedi Order. It's like, it's not that far of a stretch to think that he could turn or maybe leave like Dooku did. Like he would become so just not cool with whatever the council was doing and be like, mm, I got to go though. They fake killed Obi-Wan. They real killed fives. They were going to execute Ahsoka. Like Anakin is dealing with all kinds of like really traumatic stuff. Yep. And for her to just kind of blatantly not believe Maul, which is, I mean, fair, he's insane. But, like, <laughs> what if she would have listened to him? Do you guys think they together would have stood a chance against okay. Anakin? So think about the timeline right here. This is, like, essentially the... Dooku is dead already? Or is this, like, right when that's happening? Like, this is it's almost, like... like all concurrent. It's, like, all... Your, yeah. So, like, yeah. Dooku's dead. That happens. And then Obi-Wan's about to go do the Grievous thing. Mm -hmm. They, Ahsoka says, yes, him, her and Maul go get a, a Anakin when they're about to go maybe get the Chancellor. Say that's all happening like right around the same time. Could they take, uh, take Anakin before he's gone full dark? I don't know. It's Ahsoka and Maul. Mm -hmm. Would she that be able to talk him down maybe? That, like, it would be it would be an it. epic. It would be epic. I would say possibly because let's think. After he goes dark, just a little bit later, like the same day. Is it the same day? Yeah, it's like, yeah, um, very close. It all kind of blends to get together. To, but, yeah. all, right? Like, how long did that? How long was the time passing? Obi Wan and him throw down, and Obi Wan essentially wins by himself. Mm -hmm. Very, you know. I think Ahsoka and Maul could is about e equivalent to Obi Wan. Maybe I don't know. Is what do you say, Kyle? That's a tough one for me. I well, can't I answer. That, I think Colleen brought up. I think I don't even know if it would get to the fighting. I think that it, if Ahsoka could get to him before, I would say before he has to. He's given. He's given the hard choice of having to kill Mace. Like I think before that happens. I think that it's 
And again, it's a weird timeline thing, right? Because it's like, where exactly would she find him? In what mm-hmm. mental state does she find him? You know, because right. Anakin, throughout the entirety of Revenge of the Sith, is really just like one, like he's, he switches back and forth of being like, if you find him on the wrong day, he's gonna like, cut your head off. So, <laughs> I. Uh, he needs an Ambien. He needs to go to sleep. <laughs> he really he really just go to bed, Anakin. Um, but no, I think that if they find him, it, 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 the tough thing is like Ahsoka by herself could be out, probably talking down for about anything. But if he sees There's Ahsoka no and Maul standing behind her, I think it's on site. Like, I think they start fighting. So I, I, it's very difficult to say. I think it's really intriguing, though, because Ahsoka is such an interesting character anyway. And I, I love that. <laughs> I love that if this were to happen in like a what if episode, the fan base would still unanimously unanimously be like, yeah, she's right. We agree with her <laughs> because it's Ahsoka. Like, well, of course, we agree with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's intriguing. I think it would all have to be a very specific timeline of when she finds Anakin on his his dark side journey. I think for the most theatrical, like for this to be an actual episode. The best would be it all to coincide like Mace. Mace and them are literally throwing down with Palpatine. And mm-hmm. Anakin's about to get there, right? And that's when Ahsoka and Maul show up, right? And he's and Ahsoka's like, you go handle the Emperor. I mean, we're go the the uh, Chancellor. I'm gonna talk to Anakin. Yeah. And that's Maul's maybe like, the, sweet. Maul's like perfect. <laughs> yeah, sweet, I got you. <laughs> And him and Mace and Palpatine have this crazy three-way just, like, oh, throat. Yeah. Right? Like, we don't get that. I want to see Mace against, like, that would be epic. Mm-hmm. All the while, this um, super emotional Anakin and Ahsoka talk happens. Mm-hmm. I think she could talk him down, but uh, what after happens that, I think, I don't know. Maybe Mace actually gets to kill uh, Palpatine. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, if we have any more <laughs> ideas on that one, uh, we'll get back to it right after the break. Hi, and we're back, and we're just talking about what if Ahsoka had listened to Maul and they went to try to stop Anakin? So was there any other thing you wanted to talk about with this one, like how far it could reach or anything, Colleen? Um, I think the problem comes when... Like, Maul has no other enemy left. Like, if Palpatine is gone, if he's unfettered, that could be a problem. (laughs) Because he is, even though he's crazy, he's very charismatic. Like, he can get people behind him very easily. And he's going after Obi-Wan, like, let's be fair. (laughs) He's going to go after Obi-Wan. Without another, like, white whale to try and destroy, Maul is pretty much a straight... Right after Obi Wan. Oh yeah. Well, that could be tough. Although I think Anakin would have no trouble throwing down and being like, "No, <laughs> you're going back into the <laughs> Mandalorian sarcophagus." <laughs> yeah, I, I think with with him turned back, like he, without him turning, him and Ahsoka and Mace would be able to take care of Maul mm-hmm. for the most part. Especially if they killed Palpatine. I don't know. Like, I think Mace was the. There's always the age old question. Was Palpatine playing him? Playing Mace there, or playing Anakin or playing everyone? Like, well, he was. He plays everybody. Playing everyone. Like, that moment, <laughs> was he playing Mace? Was he actually about to get taken and get and got, or was he just making it seem like he was about to be killed so Anakin would would jump in? I don't know. 
we don't, yeah, we don't know. My interpretation, at least, was that he was kind of faking it. Like, yeah, Mace is a very talented swordsman, but Palpatine has these vast, like, reserves of power. Mm. So I think it was partially, like, he's getting tired. Like, he needs a breather. But then once he's just sitting there, and if he doesn't think Anakin's going to act, I think he would go after Mace harder. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Palpatine just kills them all then. Or, or maybe he kills Mace and Maul and escapes, you know, and then you have, you know, then you have more, you know, the story doesn't end there. We can keep mm-hmm. going. Um, right. I don't know. Any Ooh, other thoughts, Cobb? Ooh. Ooh, yes. I like uh, yeah, it's just something I want to see. Like, I feel like this would be really fun to watch unfold because you get, it's fun to think of after the, the dust clears mall immediately being like, okay, now I'm going to take, like, this is a big power um, vacuum. Like once Palpatine is taken out, mall mm-hmm. is immediately jumping into that. Like now this is my turn. Um, and of course you, like y'all said, he'd be taken care of pretty handily, but like in that brief moment, like I would love that. I'm just all just going unhinged. Like it's my turn. <laughs> be great. Yeah, he either does the smart thing and runs or he does the stupid thing and then gets his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. It is mall. So <laughs> yeah. we really don't know. Um, or, or a danger snack. <laughs> that, that is a good one. And I am not surprised he went with the mall. What if I, I love it. Uh, that was on my board. Definitely. I do have a Thrawn what if also. <laughs> no. Okay. Yes. No. Um, all right. Well, let's keep it going. Kyle, what is your first what if? All right. Um, okay, I'm going to go with one that is also, like, if you look up, like, Star Wars what if questions, the Qui-Gon is number one. Number two is probably this. It's a pretty basic question, but I think, again, it, it means a lot of ramifications for the original trilogy. Um, I think it was briefly touched on. There was actually... So there were some Dark Horse comics called Star Wars Infinities back in like the early 2000s that kind of did this where they were like, what if something changed in the original trilogy? I think they touched on this a bit. I would like to see more of it. Basically, what if Luke and Leia are swapped? Like Leia is raised on Tatooine with Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. Luke is raised on Alderaan with um, with uh, Bail Organa. I, I'm curious because I think that for one, I think that farm girl Leia is way less whiny about power converters and, you know, probably picks things up more naturally from Ben. Um, I know that she charms the actual pants off of Han metaphorically and literally when they go to the cantina. Like, I think that that side of the story goes over so smoothly because she's just so much more capable than Luke. No shots on Luke. I love Luke, but like Leia is just so much more naturally capable with things. Um, on the other hand, I think Prince Luke is a soft, pampered bitch. <laughs> he folds the minute Alderaan is destroyed. Like, I'm just picturing the scene where it's destroyed and Leia literally sees her home planet destroyed and is still, like, holding her own against Vader. I think Luke falls apart in that moment and, like, immediately just gives up. Um, so I'm curious. I want to see the the role reversal there and what happens. Like, you know, maybe Luke is just brought over to the dark side right away. Like maybe Vader just is given an ally at that point because Luke doesn't like, again, I know there's inherent goodness in him from the very beginning, but I think that he's also a very easily 
if not manipulated, he's a very easily swayed character in the original trilogy. And I think that he's just kind of led by emotion a lot. And if, especially in that first movie, if if you put it in the framework of he had that upbringing of being raised in Alderaan and having that place of power and then to having it taken away from him, I think that he's very easily swayed by Darth Vader. And then on the other hand, I think Leia, Leia immediately becomes what she does become in the original trilogy, that, that leader of the rebellion. Like she is that from the very beginning i think that even when she's in tatooine that's what she aspires to i think is is becoming a, a leader and joining the fight and i think that once she links up with ben with han and chewie i think that like she is that leader of the rebel one thing i i did enjoy you know in that in the mess that was rise of skywalker was something that we kind of theorized about anyway was the answer to did leia ever train with a lightsaber did she ever get like was she ever force sensitive She's a Skywalker, obviously she is. So I'm glad that they confirmed that. And the fact that teasing that was really intriguing because I would love to see her with a lightsaber. I'd love to see her more in on the fight and on the action. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. Like I don't, I don't know where where we would go from there with Empire and with Jedi because I don't think it's a one for one thing. I don't think that she just does everything Luke does in those two movies. But I'm curious to see what choices she would make differently. Like Damon, how do you think that? goes on to affect that trilogy hmm that's tough to say because like you said i i mean it's definitely not a one for one for this one either but i mean you're kind of getting a ray type character mm-hmm. when you do that when you get farm girl uh, leia um and so i think she's gonna be very sure of herself and just like you said ready to just get off of this planet and join the fight so like as soon as these random droids show up talking about obi-wan kenobi he's like oh I, is that is that that ben guy and the you know that lives out there by himself like she's ready to go mm-hmm. you know and her her and obi-wan i think uh, ben is going to be would be interesting going forward the only thing with that is is she as good as a pilot is she going to be the fly girl that that luke was mm-hmm. does that go to wedge does that go to her does it become Han, who decides to join, you know, that becomes that steps up and makes that big old, you know, shot uh, in A New Hope. Um, where does Luke fit into it? I don't know. Like you said, you think he's going to be, be a little pampered bitch. He could be. But, I, I, you know, I, Leia was pretty strong in her own right growing up under Organa. I, I think Luke will be maybe not. He'll still be whiny. He'll be the whiny Luke we know. Um, but maybe he'll be a little smarter. Maybe it'll be a little bit more conniving. More canny. Yeah. So I, that'd be cool to see, you know, Luke with a little bit more, a little bit more gut to him, you know, just like he's not afraid to, to get a little dirty if he needs to. That'd be a cool little reversal like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's changing though. I'm trying to think anything specific. Like I said, definitely like the, the, the battling in the sky. I, I don't know if she's going to be the one that does it. Um, she's definitely going to be the Jedi training her and Yoda, I think would be super fun together to train her first anyway. (laughs) Agreed. And, and then I don't know if she would be, you know, or even easily as swayed as Luke with the fighting. Like, would she go back to save everybody in, in Empire Strikes Back? That's the thing where I think it changes. I think in Empire and Jedi, I think that. I'm not going to say that she is like, I think Luke choosing to go help Han and Leia and everyone, 
I don't see it as a as a point of weakness. Like I think that that is so true to his character, and it's why yeah. I love Luke. But yeah. I think that with Leia, I'm not saying she wouldn't do that, but I don't think that she would jump to it immediately. I think that she would maybe want to hear what Yoda has to say a little more, what Ghost Ben has to say a little bit. You know, like I feel like she would weigh her options a little bit more. And even in the fight, like imagine it. Imagining Leia in Cloud City fighting Vader is so fun because I just want to see how that would play out, giving the revelation that he is her father. Like, I don't know how that plays out differently with Leia as opposed to Luke. You know, I I, I think that she would be even more defiant than Luke in that moment, even though he's plenty defiant. And I think that even bleeding into Return of the Jedi, what we see as a moment of anger from Luke when he's really hacking away at him in that fight in the throne room, I think would be a much bigger moment with Leia. Like, I feel, I feel like she would just, no mercy, like, go at Vader. So it's it's a question of how far she would go in that fight, you know. I think Colleen. that's true. Especially when you have, I love Mark Hamill. I think he has gotten better as an actor. But if <laughs> yeah. Carrie Fisher had gotten to get her teeth into that oh. when she was younger, that oh. would have been fantastic yeah. i would so have good. been very much here for that um i think luke can still be the flyboy he's just the rich sports car flyboy yes i like that guy like bales yelling like get back here i'm gonna take your car away a fly dad yep. just want to fly he's basically <laughs> captain kirk at that point he's just james yeah. t kirk he is a that little, good just, work yeah i like it would like be a fun dynamic. Turning faster. <laughs> or just being much more easily talked to. Even though Vader slash Anakin is just not good at the sales pitch. Like, no. he really is not. He did not learn anything from Palpatine in that area. I think Palpatine might be able to impress Prince Luke a little bit more. That'd be interesting. That would be an interesting, interesting dynamic. Colleen, do you think uh, Leia gets her arm cut off? Ooh. By Vader? Probably. It, the movies were made back then, and I think they had problems with the violence against women situation. <sighs> so I don't know if George Lucas would be like, yeah, cut off Carrie Fisher's hand. I think even though she's a very strong character, she's still kind of in the the back. Like she's running, she's running the show kind of, but she's still in the background of all the battle sequences. And she is a pretty good pilot, at least in yeah. the Legends novels, she can fly the Falcon. So I think she could be a pilot too. But I like her also just being better at hand to hand combat, and then Luke being the flyboy. I think that I works like both ways. So. I don't know if anything changes like that much narratively, like as far as like large scale, yeah. but like just mini it's, scale. It's less thematic and more just aesthetic changes, right? I, I feel like it would be, it was, I don't want to keep making the, the comparison to like the actual what if show, but I feel like this would be the Captain Carter episode where it's just like, it's the same story. It's just that the role reversal and it's fun to watch, you know, it's just fun to watch Leia in those big moments. Mm-hmm. That's right. a really, and it really is one of the more popular ones. It was right. it was everywhere when I was searching. So definitely need to be picked. Um, all right, that is the first round. Round two up, Kyle. It's you again. The turn. What you got? All right. Uh, I had to start with a fun one so I could emotionally prepare for oh, this God. one. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Um, so I have rewatched Clone Wars about three or four times. Um, I've only watched this episode, I think, in full two times because it, I consider it the single most devastating moment in any piece of Star Wars media. And that is the episode, The Lawless. Uh, that is when we lose our dear, sweet Duchess Satine. Um, even talking about it, like, I'm not I'm not even going to address it anymore because it makes me emotional. But, like, my question is basically, what if Satine survives? What if what if we get her um, surviving in, in the ensuing the battle of, you know, the Sundari? Like, I, I think that, one, I think that what we immediately get is... Does Obi-Wan live up to his word and leave the order for her, right? Like, I think that that was something he... I don't think he says it in that episode, but I think it's one of the earlier episodes when they're together um, on the... Uh, I forget the, the episode, but it's it's the same situation where she's being held at gunpoint by... Like I think the, it's I think Vizsla. it's the Ship of Destiny or something like that, where they're... Yes, the ship episode. Ship. Right, and he tells her like, "Yeah, I would have, I would have left the order for you." So I think that when she survives, I think it's almost like, "Well, are you gonna live up to that? Like, I'm gonna call your bluff." Like, I, you know, and I, I I'm really curious about that. We talked about kind of Obi Wan dying and and being brought out of the story altogether, but this I think is interesting too because Obi Wan is such a torn character and such a conflicted character because he's such a stickler for the rules a lot. But as we see with Satine, and I, that's why I love Satine's involvement in Clone Wars, we see that he does have that pulling him. Like, he he has something that pulls him away from this life of of following the Jedi Order to his detriment. So I feel like this would beg that moral question of, like, is is he willing to leave that life behind for love? And he's is he willing to kind of let that go? Because... I think that's compelling as hell. I think that Obi-Wan is a, a great character because of that. I hope we get a little bit of that in this series coming up. Like, I hope we see some flashbacks and stuff. But, um, And then this is less uh, maybe relevant because I think that my Mandalorian knowledge is admittedly a bit spotty. Um, I don't know if there was even conversation about the Darksaber at this point in the show, but I feel like even if there was, I don't know if it would be entirely relevant to Satine. Um but I think that her surviving and still being around during this conflict and even immediately later when Maul is trying to take control of Mandalore, I think that her being there as this strong leader really helps um, in their favor. Um, I think that it affects another fan favorite character, Bo-Katan. Like it affects her arc. So I'm really curious about the way Satine is a really important glue character in that she, her death is a defining moment, not only for Obi-Wan, it, obviously affects Bo-Katan. It affects her entire world um, of Mandalore. Like, I feel like her stay, sticking around um, kind of changes a lot of important things for people and, and characters. So I'm curious to see what that ripple effect is. Yes, Colleen, talk to us about that ripple effect. Um, because Mandalore is it like, very, very critical moment for them. This is where it really goes... South? If she survives, what's happening? What's going down? I think if she survives, Mandalore has a much better chance of not being what Din Djarin thinks it is. I hope. Yes. Yes. Such a unifying force. Like you said, she's the glue. She's been holding Mandalore together for all these years. She was on the run when she was, they were what, 16? 
and she yep. was still like seen as a potential ruler or the ruler according to her group at 16 she's a lot like leia so she's just got that strength behind her i think a lot of it depends on if corky is actually their kid because <laughs> if Satine dropped the old oh yeah corky actually mm, <laughs> mm. is your kid i think obi-wan leaves the order immediately yeah Immediately. I think he, after this, and if she almost dies and then survives, I think he's much more likely to leave. Like, he says, after the war, I will leave and be with you. I can totally see that happening. And Anakin being like, yay! (laughs) True love! (laughs) See, that's that's the key word right there, though. After the war, and we know what happens after the war. Oh. God. So what happens then? It's like does Obi Wan hide in Mandalore, or does like Obi Wan just sit in Tatooine, just pining over Satine, knowing she's alive and can never be with her? Oh yeah, he does that. (laughs) 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 Obi Wan has a chance to pine. He is going to pine. (laughs) This is true. This is our moody boy, and why we love him. Like he, yeah, that's all Obi Wan is going to be. The series, yes, Anna, they fucked. They they fucked. (laughs) he <laughs> is their child <laughs> oh man that would be um and yeah like i could see okay say that happens also you know i could see a world where this is just one of the other triggering effects to where you know maybe order 66 gets delayed or or maybe something happens and anakin doesn't go fully dark or it doesn't go down like we know it, and maybe Obi-Wan is able to become, like, the, I don't know what you'd call it, the saber of Mandalore. Like, he becomes, like, he joins Mandalore and is, like, her right hand and, and like, is welcomed by them and starts learning Mandalore uh, culture and, you know, and starts blending Jedi and Mandalore again. Mm, yeah, that's my, my, my most, I think that would be the most exciting kind of story idea. Becomes if we were to get back to that idea, you know. Consort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think Obi-Wan really started going downhill when Satine died. Like, you can really tell in Clone Wars how he's less witty. He's less likely to engage with people. Like, he still does, but, like, when Ahsoka and Bo-Katan show up and bo like, tries to throw Satine's name at him, he's almost blank. Yeah. It's he's in the grieving process and i think that affects his emotions it affects how he feels about anakin how he feels about anakin and padme <sighs> yeah. and not wanting to poo-poo their relationship because he's like well my love is dead but his isn't yet so maybe i shouldn't say anything about she causes so many different things i mean <laughs> well i yeah. think even on the other side of, i don't i know we don't want to entertain this because like I love Maul, but the closest I've ever come to actually not I, wanting him dead was when he killed Satine. But I think that if that doesn't happen, Obi-Wan, you got to give him credit for like how much their rivalry just continues throughout both Clone Wars and Rebels. He tries every time. Like he never he seems to never be the first person to strike a blow. Like that's why I love um, Twin Sun so much. It's just such a beautiful like send off to Maul. It's not this big epic fight. It is this like warrior's death that he gives him. And so I think that 
even if you get to that moment and the two of them are still alive, Obi-Wan's in Tatooine, but he still has the love of his life alive somewhere. Even if he can't be with her, she's still alive. So I think that he would see maybe a shred of humanity left in Maul. Like, I'm not saying that we get Maul coming over to, like, the good side, because that would feel disingenuous to his character, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Obi-Wan would be more under, understanding and empathetic to, to Maul, you know? And who knows where that would play off. Right, I'm I'm just getting, like, visuals of, like, Rebels. Yeah. And, like, we're going, we go to Mandalore, and it's <sighs> yeah. an older Satine with Obi-Wan at her side and Bo-Katan right mm. there. And it's just them, like trying to keep Mandalore going going and, and Sabine like who knows what their relationship is um but yeah I just that that'd be a really interesting world if Satine survived and I I wish it happened for everyone's sake especially for our guy Obi-Wan um, <laughs> yeah. I don't like it when anyone gets fridged but her death really was it's just so difficult it, it really because it's like like I said, like I don't rewatch that episode because it's so difficult, but it is truly one of the series' best episodes. Like it's such a defining moment for his character and for for Mandalore, and it it's like I don't like that she's gone, but I love the compelling things that come out of it. So I, I think it would be equally as compelling if she survives and we get those questions. You know, I love that Maul does so much. Like he killed <laughs> yeah. Qui Gon, which turns the entire series. He basically sets up Mandalore to be destroyed because he killed their leader. Like, shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's I, the, the best part of that is that he's not even, like, masterminding all that. He just does it out of pure spite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just like, yeah, he's just run, running on spite. He's just, like, drinking coffee constantly, like, fuck Obi-Wan, just pounding him. Yes. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. His frappuccino, he's, like, sipping, like, mmm, gotta get you, <laughs> Oh, Maul, thank you so much, Dave Filoni, for bringing him back to us. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Oh, what if we didn't bring Maul back? I don't want to think about it. <laughs> not it's a not question I want to think of. No. It's, it's not good. Um, okay, that's a great one. Moving back to Colleen for your second one. What you got for us? Okay. Should I throw my chest one out there right now? I can. That, that's on you. All right. Uh, I have a lot of different ones that have to do with, like, Thrawn and the Chiss. Uh, my main one, I don't know if we can talk about it quite as much because I don't know how much you guys have read of the Thrawn. <laughs> um, I, I have not, but also I'm perfectly okay being spoiled for stuff like that because it's it's on me. It's been out plenty long. I will read it, though, and it, it'll be just as enjoyable, I'm sure. That's true. Okay, so Thrawn has a character who's not his biological brother, but who is basically his brother, and his name is Thras. And if Thras hadn't died because of fucking Palpatine, once again, Palpatine's fucking shit up all over the place, uh, Thras dies in an accident on a giant century ship called Outbound Flight, and that alters Thrawn's entire trajectory. He doesn't have his balance point within the Chiss Ascendancy. So he gets kicked out. He goes and joins up with the Empire and really helps Palpatine a whole lot. Like I would say, oh, the Empire might not have worked quite as well without Thrawn leading the Senate fleet. 
And who's to say maybe, you know, him disappearing with a bunch of space wills was one of the reasons why they, they fell. Yes, I think losing Thrawn is huge. In Legends, Palpatine kind of does it to himself. He uses Thrawn as a backup plan. So then he's not there when all the shit goes down. And then Thrawn comes back and he's like, yo, what'd you guys do to the Empire? <laughs> I was waiting on a call. Yeah, just Thrawn like, is Troy Barnes in the community, Jeff, just coming back in like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is everything on fire, guys? <laughs> But yeah, my what if is what if Karas hadn't died and then Thrawn doesn't leave the Chiss. That's a good one. Um, Kyle, are, you're more familiar with, with Thrawn, uh, correct, than I am? Uh, I've read the original Thrawn trilogy. Um, I have not yet read. This is very compelling. Though. Like this, I've, I've wanted to read it for so long because I do love Thrawn, but this is a great like motiv- motivation to, to read it. But I, um, yeah, this is intriguing because i think that i love that we're given something to kind of humanize him and i think that um like you said you you said the word balance which is really interesting because i i think of i know we were just talking about it but i think of maul and savage press like i think that that's a similar thing that happens he was already pretty unhinged already but like when when his brother dies he goes fucking nuts like he, he you know that's that is his tether um so it seems like something, yeah, similar would happen if if Thrawn doesn't lose Thras. Like I think that the Chiss, I think, would be a bigger like superpower in the galaxy, right? Like I think that we would see and hear more of them, um, if even like even in just in canon media. Like I think that if we don't get Thrawn turning to the Empire and and helping them in, in the way that he does, I think that yeah, who knows the way the way that the Chiss would have shown up. I, I don't know that they would have been like someone grappling for power the way that the Empire is, but I think that they definitely show up as a superpower in the galaxy and they like they are for are a formidable force you know, to, to be reckoned with. So it's, it's China. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Out there and we're not really sure what's going on, but we know they're right. pretty powerful. But they're there. <laughs> they're definitely there. Um everything I know about Thrawn is of course from Rebels just independent research just reading everything i know i can online and then listening to colleen and her friends talk about it on uh bohemian geek studies uh go listen um and so i mean thrawn is a very complex character and i mean the chiss is like you said they're they're like the kind of like the superpower but they're kind of out there on their own like they're very in the deep far recesses right so it's it's almost just like there's no reason for them to have clashed with the empire or anything like that before correct um does this like what exactly is going to go down if thras doesn't die like is him and thrawn essentially like supposed to be the heir apparent to the chiss like is that what it is like they're essentially supposed to take over the chiss like empire or they would become like the leaders of certain branches because the chiss are run by nine families so no oh. one is really like a supreme leader, supposedly. But they would think like Thrawn would become the leader of the military. Thras would become the leader of the political sphere. So oh, they okay. would be like a one-two punch of just success for Thrawn's family. And also the Empire doesn't get nearly as strong. So, and we also don't get rebels, right? Like mm-hmm. there's no reason for him to go to the Empire if Thras uh lifts mm-hmm. yep 
So what happens in Rebels? What do you think, Kyle? What what who Ooh. takes over? Like who's that big spot? Who's the Grand Admiral? Like Yeah, it's difficult because it's especially if we have you would think that the natural next step, if he doesn't turn spy, is is callous. Like I think that he would be the next but I'm really grateful for that like that story. Like I love that he turned spy and I love that he is now living peacefully with the love of his life, Zep. Like that's I love that's my favorite. I love that. You know, it's so beautiful. So I I don't I don't know who the next in line would be. And it's almost like this is a really intriguing question, but I'm glad we don't have to answer it because Rebels, I think, works so well in that latter half because of Thrawn. Like not having him there, you know, turning the wheels in the background, I think that we lose a lot of that really gripping stuff. Um, especially like the conversations he has with Hera when she's in captivity. Like that is some incredible writing. And I just, I don't want to replace that with anyone, but yeah, it's, it's curious. Cause I mean, the empire has no shortage of, of power hungry assholes. So I think that someone would try and step up. It's just, mm-hmm. maybe it's that random dude that we all thought was Thrawn in rise of Skywalker. Like, I, I don't know about y'all, but when we were watching that movie, I was like, are they trying to shoehorn in Thrawn for like the next five minutes of this movie. This is not. This is not the way. You know, like. <laughs> um, What's his name? Knows? Pride. That guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 something like that. And also, he could have been Pelion, I guess, or Ularen would have been an interesting choice, but he's busy being, like, crushing the. Got his interior. hands full. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, he's dead too. So once right. we hit, once we hit the Death Star, he's dead. <laughs> well. Uh, We are going to go take a quick trip with some space whales real quick, and we'll be right back. Hi there. Welcome back to Unsettling Revelations with Kyle. I'm your host, Kyle. My mom is my uncle. Figure that one out. Hey y'all, we're back. We just went and smoked some death sticks with some space whales. Uh, Colleen, did was there anything else that you think would change large scale or even low scale as far as this world if Thrawn's brother doesn't die? Ooh, I think taking Thrawn off the board for the Empire just does a lot for the Rebellion. <laughs> because... Thrawn is the only Imperial officer, it seems, who is not a backfighting asshole. So his ship and his fleet are actually, like, out there doing well. (laughs) Whereas a lot of the other fleet admirals are just looking to get ahead and make their own money. So I think the Rebels might have been able to get a foothold faster. Kyle, here's the question for this one. If that's the case, the Rebels maybe win sooner. Maybe the Death Star doesn't get built. Do we get Luke Skywalker at all? Does he just stay chilling on Tatooine? <laughs> He's still just looking for those power converters. I think that's, again, that's one of those things where uh, I said I wouldn't. I'm sorry, maybe I just am now. But I think that's the what if like Thanos scene where we get him for one scene and then Ultron Prime just cuts him in half. Like, I think we get one scene of Luke just staring wistfully at two moons, and then that's it. <laughs> we don't need he's him anymore. Broom boy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Broom Boy. He's, he's Ezra. Broom boy. It's, it's Ezra's world. 
Uh-oh. He's the, he's the hero. All in on that. That's all right. in on that. Give me more Ezra content anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ahsoka. And yes. <laughs> yeah, that that's a fun one. That that really is, you know, that sneakily like changes up a lot from like from the Rebels point on to, to a new hope. And yeah, I, I definitely think the, the war might might end much quicker. So that that that's a good one. And I we need to read the trilogy. We need to read those books. Um Okay. Moving on to my second pick. Let me look at my board. What do I have? Oh, okay. I'm surprised this one hasn't been picked yet. But then again, we've been going with, y'all been going with some really fun creative ones. I'm just gonna go with, with kind of the boring, very generic ones. But there's a reason why they've been talked about ad nauseum. It like they're so important. They're the like the the linchpins of the series. Like it changes so much. What if Luke joins his father to overthrow the emperor okay i mean for one luke like so let's say this this happens in return of the jedi so luke is like while he hasn't trained up officially he's he's gone to become cool luke you know cool hand luke he's got his black suit and luke <laughs> <laughs> what? i think he'd like it <laughs> Cold hand Luke. Um, yeah, he's the one who came up with it. I'm sure he was probably the one spreading rumors. Like I heard some guy called Luke Skywalker cool hand Luke the other day. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> he just waits for it like Star Lord. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, that happens, and so they essentially like fight Palpatine right there. And I would think that they would be able to take take care of Palpy in his old age and. You know, and so what happens then? They rule the empire in a way that's just like brutal. I feel like I feel like we we saw how unhinged uh, Anakin was after. Of course, Anakin went through years of manipulation and stress and just being toyed with from both sides. There was a also, by the way, Palpatine had to have everything go right for that to really really happened for him to turn by the way he was really bet like hinging his bets on that um <laughs> but he got lucky <laughs> um and, and so i just think they would like really beat up on on the rebel alliance i think honestly maybe the rebel alliance takes a couple steps back whereas we said the b- previous one the war ends before it, like barely gets st- you know going this one goes even farther like i'm thinking they throw down and and maybe all that survives is maybe maybe Leia, and now Leia's the only hope. And so Leia starts training mm-hmm. with Ahsoka. Oh, that would be amazing. One, well, it's very unlikely that Luke or Vader would try and kill Leia. Also, <laughs> very true. So we're gonna have that that when they meet up, they'll probably all turn. Okay, anyways, <laughs> you know we. They gotta fight and have all the animosity first before we get there. Um, but yes, turn, turn, turn. It's turning. Everybody's turning. It's like once upon a time. Um, <laughs> how many times could be the evil, evil queen be evil and then good again? Um, I love her. All hail she Regina. Was, I love Regina. Regina okay. she was fantastic. Um, yeah, it's just like that. But no, just imagine that Leia and Ahsoka bringing up a new rebellion from the ashes of mm-hmm. that dead one 
fighting Luke and Vader. I just I think that'd be really cool. I, does it happen that way? What do you think, Colleen? Would it would it would it go down like that? What do you see happening? Oh man, I like the idea of Leia and Ahsoka joining forces for sure. Um, I don't I don't know how Vader would be able to convince Luke to turn like bad against Palpatine unless he kept pushing about the Leia issue. Maybe and, in this universe, Luke just is he's like. I'm more of a darker kind of guy. Right, right. His wardrobe, his black wardrobe actually reflects, like, his, what he's feeling. I saw. Oh, man. I don't know. This is a tough one. Just because of Luke's character. Like, he's very unlikely to turn. He's the good boy. He's not going to get tempted very much. Kind of like how Peter Parker was kind of tempted to kill the Green Goblin in the latest Spider-Man movie, but you're like, he's not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. It was Parker. like this fleeting moment, and it was just like, my eyes, Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, well, essentially, this is the one universe. This is the only universe in the whole multiverse where he does. Where he does. Does turn, one. I guess. You're I right. can see it happening if Leia's dead. Hmm. Oh. Like, if, That's if somehow they... Things don't go well on Endor, and they have, like, Han and Leia hostage, and then kill both of them. Oh, yeah, Luke gonna turn. <laughs> he's not, he's, hmm. he might even kill Vader, and then Palpatine. And then Luke's just the one. Luke's the I, one that's left. I like, I, could, I like that. That's dark. Um, it was really, I mean, it's kind of been Ben Solo a little bit, Yeah, but it would be more like... Jason, so well. <laughs> yeah, he would be closer to Jason for sure. So right. I yeah. could see that happening. I think it would have to be something monumental to make Luke flip. That's fair. So you you just think this is a very a hard one to to swallow just because of who Luke is. That's very fair. Kyle, do you do you agree? Do you think he could do it? I think yeah, I agree. I think it would have to be a very dramatic tipping point for him um I, I i when you were talking about low like him and vader overthrowing and then like their reign is just brutal like i'm thinking of the scene in rogue one but just amplified <laughs> like the two of them kicking ass and taking names for a whole episode would be so fun to watch um yeah but then it's just i'm curious about like what what happen what what goes on from that because we know that we get about 30 years of relative peace after the original trilogy as it is written and so if this is the new timeline like what what do those 30 years look like until we get the new with the force awakens and like those events what what happens what's different we know luke doesn't form the the jedi academy so we that's a big shift in legacy and so it's mm -hmm. It's interesting to see what happens there. Um, I think eventually it would turn into a a situation where Luke... I, I know that we keep falling back on this, but I think that because of who Luke is, I think that eventually he would have that moment of darkness and maybe kill Palpatine or maybe even kill Vader or whatever, but I think that eventually he would want to fall back on his family. And right. like he would want to eventually be like, the whole reason I was doing this in the first place was to protect the, the the new family that I have. And so unless, yeah, unless we lose Leia or Han or Chewie, God forbid, 
Um, you know, he, I think that Luke is just going to want to go back to that. And that maybe that raises an interesting question of, can he go back after they know he just murdered Palpatine and Vader? Like they're bad guys, but I think that they would still raise some eyebrows at that. So it's interesting. Hey, yeah. I'm curious to see how that would play out. I think I found the darkest timeline y'all. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically they only have Luke's word to go on. The shit went down in the Death Star the way it did. <laughs> right. I swear this is what happened, y'all. My dad <laughs> just chunked him, just chunked his old ass. Yep. Then he removed it. He looked like just this really old bald guy. I just was really confused. And Han's just like, did you know you kissed your sister? He's like, this is not what I'm talking about, Han. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm trying to tell you about my dad. Definitely bringing that up a lot, a lot. <laughs> um, okay, yes, no that that is that is definitely a, an interesting one, just because it is so very in contrast to what Luke is. So it's fun to think about. Um, round three, let's do this. I got one ready to go. Okay. This is maybe one of my favorite ones. Okay, I think about this a lot. This might have been maybe the like the one that really made me think about us doing this episode because the visuals are just so great and just imagine a whole tv show off of this okay what if padme and anakin decided to leave it all behind in revenge of the sith and raise luke and leia together on the run um <laughs> A very interesting point I picked, but I just feel like this would be the only time it would really like come down to this happening. You you already have the turn. You're on Mustafar. And instead of like Padme just like you're breaking my heart, Annie, she goes all out and is just like, I love you, you love me. Like there's nothing else stronger than us. Nothing else can defeat us. We it's all we're the only thing that matters. Don't you care about us? Like Anakin's doing all this for her. Go all in, Padme. Go all in. Like, let's just go. Let's just run away. Forget all about this. I don't care what you did. I love you, Annie. Let's go. And then Anakin. she stabs him in the back. <laughs> because he's a monster. <laughs> no, I, I like this caravan of hope that you have going. going yes. Here. Well, maybe maybe Padme just, maybe like Padme just at this point is just like, I don't care. Like, I, I, I just want Anakin, you know, like. I, I just want to save who I fell in love with, which is, you know, people do that for, for the people they love, no matter how bad they are a lot of the times, unfortunately. So she wins them over and then she doesn't stab them, but him and Obi-Wan still throw down because Obi-Wan's not going to let this just fly. Okay. Right, right. So they have a throw down. Anakin wins. Whether Obi-Wan dies or not, I don't know. That can be a part of the what if. Him and Padme go off, run away, and that's the basis. They're they're off, and they raise Le Luke and Leia, you know, while trying to keep away from the Empire. What happens? What's going on here? We got a lot going on. Is Obi-Wan dead or alive? I don't know. Palpatine loses his guy. He's Once again, he, he doesn't have, have his guy. Um, but Order 66 has gone down. Everyone's dead. It's decimated. The Empire's taking over. What are we thinking? Um, what does Luke and Leia's life look like on the run? What are we thinking, Kyle? You said you said you drafted the darkest timeline before. I think this is the darkest timeline. I think yeah. that I just I'm thinking of, this is like a niche 
reference, but I am thinking of the, the Daniel Day-Lewis movie Phantom Thread that came out a few years ago of this really, really dark, fucked-up romance. Like, I love it. I would pay, like, real money to see this play out because it's so interesting for Padme to, like, I, all the viewers would be like, oh, she's going to turn, and she's going to be like, no, like, don't. She's going to be the person who brings him back. And then imagine the flip of that, of her being like, no, I love you. Let's go run off and be terrible together. <laughs> like, I love that. Like, I will say, I wasn't thinking they were going to be terrible together. Just okay. that she accepted it. And she's like, maybe just leave whole, it all behind. Yeah. And she's trying to leave it behind and like almost um, what's the, rehab him. Mm-hmm. This is her attempt at rehab. Mm-hmm. And like the whole time he's like trying to like put it behind him. And he's just like going through oh, severe yeah. trauma like haunted by it all yeah so to fight back the dark side that he literally took on and then literally just threw away so like that whole thing's just super volatile the whole time while they're trying to raise twins yeah throwing that into the mix too is just yeah because like luke luke and leia's life looks very different one if they grow up together like that's the biggest change is like they they know each other from birth like that it, i think that would probably be the bright spot in this timeline. Like they get, they know each other and they're, they're siblings and, and they actually get to live in each other's lives. But I think that them being on the run is really interesting. I think that the empire still grows and becomes what it is in the original trilogy, just without its kind of enforcer. Um, I, I don't think Palpatine would have trouble finding someone else. We, like we talked about earlier with the Ahsoka, to, you know, that, that timeline, I think that he would find someone else, but I think that, Anakin and Leia, like what happens when Luke and Leia, what happens when Luke and Leia grow up and Anakin and Padme are like, what, what are, what are their choices in terms of the conflict that's happening between the rebellion and the empire? Like what are they as involved? Do they, you know, like what is, what happens there? It's, it's really intriguing. Um, I also love, I don't love cause I love him, but I, the idea of Obi-Wan dying and, instead of Anakin losing that battle. Like I remember I had the revenge of the Sith, um, video game you know what i'm talking about damon on ps2 and you could play out that outcome if you wanted to because you could play as both of them in that final fight and if you play as anakin you kill obi-wan like it just it's such a dark ending to the video game and i love it i I, like you know however old i was at that time it blew my mind it was like i never thought about this i can kill obi-wan um (laughs) yeah just it's very intriguing to to go that route i think it is really dark and i think that it would be very compelling to see how Anakin would live with those ghosts and live with like the fact that he did make that decision and turned and killed basically his brother. Like that's, yeah. or maybe not killed, but like, you know, yeah. If, if he does kill, he would be living with literal ghosts. Cause Obi-Wan would be haunting his ass. The whole time. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> hey, hello, Anakin. Not, not this again. Not, not you again. Hello there. Like trying to sleep. She's like, shut up. Both, <laughs> like I know you're there, Obi Wan. <laughs> really oh, sorry, God. I didn't want you to die, but you need to leave us alone now. <laughs> go, oh, go God. see if Leia and Luke are asleep or not. Go check on them right. while you're here. He's just like the the Force oh, Ghost Nanny. <laughs> you have an imaginary friend. He's not imaginary. He's real. <laughs> oh man, oh, I can God. see like either Leia or Luke growing up and being like wanting to be rebellious and go and joining the empire like secretly like they're like you're not my real dad even though you are and they flip a table and they run away (laughs) right stupid yeah I think it would be a cool interesting thing to see 
I personally think that if Anakin and Padme were, were to run away and to raise these two children, I think Anakin would not want them to know about like Jedi and Sith. I think he would try to hide that from them. So like you could get like like Colleen is saying, imagine like a 12 year old Luke or Leia acting out and like accidentally like force choking her dad for three seconds or something. And, and he's tried to hide this from her for her entire childhood and running away and like maybe running into a mall or someone who can guide her away from them and like manipulate her that way. Like that's yeah. it's really interesting because you get a really great conflict. We got we already got conflict between the children and Vader in a very like good, bad way. But this is more interesting because it's kind of both for both of them because you don't know who you would root for. You would root for Anakin just as a father who's doing his best, but you'd also obviously root for the kids who are just trying to find their own, own place in the galaxy. So it's, oh, damn, Damon, you just wrote a whole movie right here. This yeah. is incredible. <laughs> yes. That's a lot of fun. It's kind of like Colleen. the reference to Jin or so a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, do you think Anakin would come back into the fray, Colleen, like whether – it's because one of his kids becomes rebellious and joins it, whether they keep getting hunted down by the Inquisitors and they have to join. And he's like, okay, it's it's done. I have to train you too. It's time. And yeah. like, what do I, you think? I can see the Grand Inquisitor being Vader, basically, because he's easy to control. He's easy to manipulate. He still has enough power where Palpatine can just be like, yeah, you're my enforcer. Train your army of Inquisitors. Just make sure they're not more powerful than me, basically. That's the key. I, I can see that happening. Those fucking twirly blades. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> That'll be interesting to see in live action. I, I'm curious about it, yeah. That is that is a oh, really yeah. fun All right. idea. It's Space very compelling. Vago time. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just love the idea of, of Luke and Leia growing up with their family, with Anakin and Padme, whether it is them crazy and doing terrible things together, or it's on the good side and just trying to redeem Anakin. Either way, I just, that that kind of whole family idea would be, be great. So that's my third. Let's move on. Back to Colleen. Whew. Okay. This one also makes me sad. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do it to us though, you guys. Rebels, one of my favorite episodes, even though I have a very difficult time watching it and I weep every single time, is Jedi Knight. What if Kanan Jarrus does not die? On Lothal, at the end of Rebels. <laughs> I think uh, Ezra doesn't fly away with space whales, probably. <laughs> I, or the, the whales are there, but Ezra has backup. So they take Thrawn and Ezra is probably saved by Kanan or some combination of the ghost crew. I don't think that Ezra, he might try to do this self-sacrifice thing, but if Kanan's there, he's like, sit down, you're 12. Even though he's 19 at that point, Kanan is like, no, <laughs> stop it. And of course, then he's there to help raise his son. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> it's little Jason, right? Little Jason, yeah, little Jason. And oh, then man. Hera, like Hera's trajectory, then might change too. Even though I think she's still a general, I don't know if she would be as reckless as she gets after Kanan dies. 
Because in the right. books, mm, girl, <laughs> Alphabet Squadron, she's got some interesting shit going on in those books. Need to read that. Um, I love this one because I don't want Kane and Jairus to be dead. He just needs to be alive. That was unnecessary, except it's completely <laughs> necessary because they had to figure out where the hell are all these Jedis that we keep creating <laughs> before before our, the original trilogy, and where are they going to be during the original trilogy? So if Kanan Jarrus doesn't die here, my question is, where is he and Hera and Ezra? If, they, if he doesn't jump into the space whales, where are they during the original trilogy? Are they in the original trilogy, or... Do we have to come up with the reason why they're not there again? Right. Right. Because um, we know Hera is at least with the Rebellion. Like, right. we know that. Right. We know where she is in Rogue One. And if so, you have any if you have any lightsaber-toting people, I would think they would be, like, being used heavily in some, some form, some sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you say, Kyle? Uh, where do you see them during the, like, going forward? After they say they say they stop Thrawn without Ezra having to disappear. Yeah. Well, one. Yeah, I think Thrawn is 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 stopped right there. Um, I think that between Kanan and Ezra, I think that that's taken care of. But I think going forward, like I, I'm curious about you know a new hope. Like with, I would love to see a Kanan and Obi Wan meeting. Like I, I think that. Ezra meeting Obi-Wan was interesting enough, but I think that if, if we get Kanan and Obi-Wan, that's a really intriguing, because I'm trying to think, I don't think they ever crossed paths before then. Um, we yeah, got Kanan as a Padawan in, like, Order 66, but we didn't really get them. He gives Obi-Wan the idea to use the beacon to tell the Jedi to go away. Oh, okay. Love Kanan's that. a little questionable kid. He's like, I've got questions. <laughs> Oh, Caleb. Uh, yeah, he's. I, I just. I'm curious to see what, like Damon's saying. That's kind of the 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 problem. Every time a, a Jedi survives past a certain point in the timeline, like where are they during these major events in in the original trilogy? So I, I'm curious to see the role that he would play in bringing up Luke in and helping with that with the rebellion, um, Ezra as well, like. Ezra's younger, but he's also an active Jedi who's growing in strength and and ability during these times. So that's also interesting. Like that's a more Jedi heavy original trilogy, which definitely changes the course of that, that trilogy. Um, So yeah, but Kanan is like, when I rewatched rebels a couple months ago in preparation for book of Boba Fett, I don't know why, but the first time I watched it, Kanan never, I never really connected with him as a character. And this next time, by the time I got to that episode, I was an absolute mess. Like, he was my favorite character through and through, and it just oh, it hurts so much just thinking about it. Like, he's just, it's one of those things where I am, like Damon said, yes, it was important that he did die because we got a lot of things set up from that point. But I, I wanted him to keep going because there was so much more to tell with him and Hera and with Jason, like with him and Ezra, it's just it hurts. It hurts thinking about it. Even with Bendu, like I wanted more Bendu stuff. So I, I would be I interested to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm curious. So it's it's a great question because it's one we have all asked after watching that episode and, and wondering what would have happened had he survived. You know. Well, here, here's another question I have for you, Colleen. Because of this one, we don't get the jump 
That means Ezra's still around. That means Ahsoka and Sabine doesn't have to go on this journey. Mm-hmm. This is in like kind of uncharted territory. We don't know everything that's going on post-original trilogy pre-sequel. We're right. seeing it slowly happen. Like That's what they are giving us right now. What, where do you think that m- maybe fits in? Like, what's Ahsoka doing instead? Does she meet Din for another reason? What's going on with Grogu? Does Grogu have Ahsoka and Ezra and Kanan to meet? Like, what's going on? Like, what, what do you think's happening in that time period because of this? Ooh, that would be so cool. <laughs> I, I am not a fan of Luke showing up at the end of Mando season two. I'm not a Damn. fan. It Damn. looked cool. Good for you guys. It, it looked really badass, but I did not want it to be Luke. <laughs> Cal Kestis fan. Yeah, I, I wanted it to be Cal. It. I would have loved yeah. if it were Cal. I would have loved if it were Ezra, even though I had a feeling they were saving Ezra for Ahsoka's show. Right. I think that Grogu probably would have gone with Ezra and Kanan. Unlike Luke. Because <laughs> Luke gives him like the whole binary choice. I was going to say, I tell you what, Kanan would not make that stupid ultimatum at the end of that season. That's for he sure. Been like on the ship, beat up the robot, the droids, and then been like, oh, now we're all a family. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Okatan knows who Kanan is and Ezra, so that would have helped a lot instead of it being like this mythic figure, Luke Skywalker. Right. That's that could have been much smoother. I agree. Um, quick question, Kyle. Are we getting like dueling Jedi Academy between Kanan and Luke Skywalker? <laughs> Good dad. <Adam. laughs> Basically, we get the, the the Star Wars version of Cobra Kai between <laughs> Kanan's Academy and Luke's. Oh my god! Yeah, I would love it. I want to see those those Hill Valley tournaments between those two academies. I love it. it. Grogu is just like, he, like you just see the kids fighting and like he's going back and forth. Oh man, sweep the leg. I love it. I would, I would love I like that. Grogu. <laughs> oh, I am here for it. I need, I need Grogu and a Cobra Kai. Uh, Kai. Okay. Um. Okay, that is a great one, Kanan. We miss you. We need more Kanan. Um. Before we get to the next pick, we're going to take another quick break. Oh, hello. Don't mommy. I was just living in a world where Kanan Jarrus wasn't dead. Um, if only. We are just talking about what ifs of the Star Wars universe, and we are back to Kyle for his last two picks. Give us that first one, good sir. All right. Um, I have only two left, but I, I, I'm going to go with one that's a little more fun and lighthearted. It may be does have some real ramifications, but I think it's just kind of fun to think about. So uh, at the beginning of A New Hope, there's a crucial scene in which Uncle Owen is shopping for a droid. Um, he passes up a unit called R5-D4, instead goes for our our favorite, our favorite astromech, R2-D2. Um, R5 goes on to serve many masters in Tatooine, eventually ending up with our girl Jawa fucker herself, Pelimoto. Um, I want to know what happens if Uncle Owen picks R5 and R2 basically lives the life that R5 does. Um, I would be really curious to see like the 
I don't even know what to call it, like relationship between R2 and Peli, who are two of the, the sassiest characters in all of Star Wars. Uh, I, I think that would be so entertaining. Like, I think that this would be one that has no real ramifications on like the plot of these movies, but it would be such a fun, like Clone Wars gets criticism for all of its droid centric episodes, but I think this would be a fun droid centric episode because we get to see R2, who's such a clutch player in a lot of moments, and not get to do that and just live a life in Tatooine. But we know that it's R2, so he would still find a way to, like, fuck shit up and, and be a badass in his own way. Um, so I think, yeah, I'd be curious about R2, like, meeting uh, Peli, like, living that life, maybe coming across what she comes across later with Mando. You know, like, I, I'm curious... We do get to see a little bit of Mando and R2 anyway with um, Book of Boba Fett, and it's very entertaining. But, like, I, I would love to see the life. That, and then, um, you know, on the flip side, what what happens with R5 and, and Luke? Like, maybe R5 is just an absolute fuck-up, and it has to fall on C3. How dare like, you? How dare you? <laughs> I don't, Hero of the Rebellion. <laughs> I'm curious, because R2 really does, like, he is saving everyone's ass and, like, every other scene of a star wars movie so is that r5 like does he do that as well what happens with c3po like he's he and r2 are soulmates so i don't know what happens with his relationship with r5 what what's the what's the the vibe there you know i i'm just i think it would make for a very entertaining thing to see so kyle you're you're wrong this changes everything <laughs> okay because pelimoto becomes the hero I was, <laughs> of the star wars <laughs> universe <laughs> R2 still trying to find Ben. He's trying to find Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Pelly's just yeah. like, what? You want to find who? Oh, Ben Kenobi. I know him. Oh, I know him. Oh, the space wizard. <laughs> we go see him. We, we go talk and play cards every now and then. So that happens. And Pelly's just brought onto this crazy wild mission to bring Ben Kenobi to the stars to go rescue Leia. I think no matter what, he's probably going to be grabbing Luke. Because he's like, well, it's time. Skywalker, yeah. You get a Peli Moto along for the ride. And we're <laughs> I would love it. Hanging out with the droids. It's not C-3PO and R2-D2. It's C-3PO, R2-D2, and Peli. <laughs> and we just get that for the rest. It's just better. It's just better. Everything's better now. Adding Peli to the mix. Oh, man. So what good. Do you uh, I think that it's going to cause huge ripples just because R2 has the recording of Leia right. asking for Obi-Wan. <laughs> um, and it would depend on when he gets away from the Jawas because he has the inhibitor mm. thing stuck to him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think things go down a little bit differently. Plus, R5 would have had to have not purposefully blown his motivator. So it's... It's a lot. <laughs> switch those two droids up. It, it it is a lot. I like the idea of Pelly being the audience surrogate mm -hmm. on the Falcon, and just being like, "Holy crap! I've never really been in space before." <laughs> Her hitting on Chewie the entire. Oh. I really like that. <laughs> oh, definitely all the time. Oh. And Han's like, <laughs> "Mm-hmm." She likes you. And she was like, oh, I have a wife. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I have a wife. Oh, man. I, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. That is an entire situation. 
That's just... It's, it's a good point, though, about her being the audience surrogate, because I think a lot of people say that Han is that in the original trilogy, like being art. But he's too cool. Like, he's yeah, just too nice. suave. And he's like this badass pilot. So he is a normal guy compared to Jedi and stuff. But he's still not very relatable. And so having Peli, who is just like, everything is so cool to her. Like, every, imagine every dramatic moment in the original trilogy, but with the added commentary on a Louise level with Pelimoto. I am so here for it, right? Yes. And then, and then after all that, it's over. She just goes back to Tatooine. Yeah. And then eventually... Meets Grogu and Din. But she's got all this history, and we're like, it's Pelly! Yeah. It'd be such a big moment now if it, the moment we see Amy Sedaris in, in season one of Mando, everyone would go, oh my God, it's Pelly, hero of the rebellion. The biggest thing ever. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it, I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy about this world that's not real. <laughs> Pelly makes everything better. I need to think of that now, okay? Anyone listening who writes, Anna, you're listening. Um, just saying, if you want to write a, this AU where Pelly joins the original trilogy, it's, I think it's gold. Um, yeah. I don't know if anything else would, would go down. Uh, any other thoughts on that one, Kyle? No, I'm at, y'all pointed out like the actual ramifications that I wasn't really looking at. But I feel like otherwise, yeah, it is relatively unchanged. Like I think we get the same basic plot of the original trilogy. They play out the same way, but I just think that it adds that added touch of we have a really fun narrator like giving us the play-by-play with each moment. And I, even <laughs> I'm thinking about the ending of of uh, A New Hope with the the ser- the award ceremony, like her awkward. <laughs> standing to the side like while luke and han are getting there and chewy she's kind of like i was i was there too (laughs) uh anna uh what what are your thoughts on pelly joining the gang well first of all if you think i'm not writing pelly fan fiction while i'm listening to you guys talk i'm deeply disappointed and i feel like our friendship is over no i'm just kidding (laughs) I love Pelly from like the moment she dropped on Mando. And the second I found out that she dated a Jawa, I just <laughs> wanted her to hook up with BK. I want to see this relationship happen. I feel like there's something there between the two of them. We just we need to see them alone together. And then this just builds in the history with Chewie. She's like, you know, I was with a I was with a Wookiee once. Didn't go so <laughs> well. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> her first date with Black Chrysanthemum, you see Chewie at a table across the roof. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Pelly. <laughs> He's a really jealous boyfriend. We need like... Just to be clear, I do not want Pelly fucking my dog. Okay? Like, I'm, I'm, your talking. dog is not Chewbacca. Chewbacca, the Wookiee, not Chewbacca, the Shih Tzu. Okay? I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, my God. We need a movie that is just like um, Scott Pilgrim, where he has to defeat all the evil exes, except it's all Pelly's evil exes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the entire episode, right there. Pelly's evil exes. Done. Great. Cut the gate. It's Chewbacca. A super cool Jawa. Uh, There's a Gamorrean in there. Like, she just found her way into every corner of the galaxy, literally. Oh, man. No judgment from her. She, she loves <laughs> no, them all. She can get fan. it. Very. <laughs> all right. That was maybe my favorite one. I love it. Um, 
All right, that means we are moving into the last round. Four more. No, three more, because I can't count. There's only three of us. <laughs> so used to doing doing four people pods lately. Um, so got one more, Kyle. What's it going to be? All right. Uh, this one, I'm glad I could get the Pelimoto one out of the way, because it was like my, my fun one. And this one is not, it's still fun, but it's just like, it's a little heavier. Um, I think there's a choice that I still grapple with uh, with the sequel trilogy and it I was so when the last Jedi came out I was never one who jumped on the hate bandwagon of it but I was never one who I still have legitimate issues with that movie that keep me from really loving it um, I know it's a lot of people's favorite Star Wars movie there's a lot of stuff that I do really enjoy there but I think that the choice of Luke having gone through the journey that he went through wanting to bring his father back to the light like until the very end and then jumping forward and not even anything happening but seeing the potential of something happen with his nephew and immediately wanting to like kill him it's just a wild take and again i know that people would argue for that because it makes for a really really compelling failure arc with him in the last jedi and i agree i think he, he goes on a really interesting arc in that movie um, my question is, like, what if Luke took a second, <laughs> like seeing that vision and maybe took a breath, like take five, bud, like take a step out of that room for a second, calm down maybe and see what the bigger picture is. You've already been raising up this Je Jedi Academy. Uh, you've I, now we know you've basically been training Grogu. You've been training Ben like you. You have the skills and the tools to train these children um see <laughs> yeah it's it's questionable sometimes like don't give them stupid ultimatums uh but you know like he i just think that he doesn't see the bigger picture there and he doesn't think that oh maybe i can just talk him down or maybe like ben isn't even he hasn't even done anything yet he right. he has it like he's completely innocent at this point and i just think there is something deeply troubling about that idea of like seeing badness or like seeing evil in someone before they even do anything and snuffing it out right away it's kind of it just it, it it's very reminiscent of like troubling jedi ideals from the prequels and so like i just think that luke could make a really crucial decision there to instead talk to i mean let's remember someone who is his flesh and blood like this is his nephew and so talking to ben Figuring out, hey, bud, like, is anything wrong you want to talk about? Are you okay? Is there a creepy bald man that is swaying you away? Like, you know, like, is Andy Serkis speaking into your mind? I just, <laughs> I'm curious. It's, I, I think that if Luke takes a second and actually talks to his nephew, maybe brings Han and Leia in and as his parents, like, tells them what's going on. Yeah, communication. Who knew? <laughs> I, I just, like, I, I don't. I think that you could maybe you get a less you get a more boring trilogy, but like you get a more wholesome family dynamic and maybe Ben ends up being a better character for it. Like we get a Ben solo. I don't know about y'all. My favorite moment in Rise of Skywalker is like the fleeting glimpse of Ben solo that we see when he turns back. You know, it's just it's what we should have seen. And so, yeah, I think if Luke takes a step and decides not to immediately attack his view in his sleep. I think that he we're better off for it and we get to see a really compelling idea of no Kylo Ren, no turning to the First Order, 
what is that what happens with the first order like what what happens with um with hux and with snoke like what what goes on there but really we see luke training up ben as an actual jedi and i'm curious to see how that would play out luke you're not being yourself eat a space snickers chill out (laughs) (laughs) um those are really good ones because like you said we don't get the kylo ren because he, he doesn't go to the dark side because he's not being attacked by his his uncle for no reason clearly he's probably being acting all real shady and stuff but like there's no reason to kill try to kill somebody because they're being sus like he's a teen he's a a moody teen every time a teen was moody their parents decided to kill that like what (laughs) look look in the mirror luke i want to go to i want to just want to get some power converters luke you're going to kill your nephew for doing what (laughs) I want to go to the Toshi station. Uncle Owen's like, I'll kill you. <laughs> Trilogy over. <laughs> um, oh, in, instead, I'm getting this picture in my head. Like, it's it's the same. It's it's similar to this, the opening of Force Awakens, except it's instead of Kylo. It's maybe just the Knights of Ren. Maybe the Knights of Ren still happen. I still am still kind of lost, like... I need to read that that they released on them. Were they connected to Kylo Ren? Were they students at the academy, or were they students of like Snoke? They were students of um. What? Oh, my brain is dying. They're not Jedi students. Gotcha. They they're the they're kind of, Ren of Ren follow Ren, followed the Ren. Right. So maybe they are like kind of like that that Kylo Ren substitute or, or something. And, you know, that happens. So BB-8 and, and our guy Poe still land. They get Ray and, and Finn and all that. That happens. But when they run into, say, our people, instead of it being just Leia, it's Leia and Luke. And who's there? But Ray just catches his eye. It's 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 Ben. It's just Ben as, like, this, like, upstart general just helping lead the army. And they just lock eyes, and it's like, oh, and then, and then we we go from there, and it's just kind of like this awesome, cool love story where while they're they're fighting back against the first order and the Knights of Ren, yeah, maybe it's not as exciting. Um, oh, it can yeah. be with Jaina Solo and Jag Vell. Yeah, it can be very exciting. <laughs> like, <right>. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that that'd be interesting. It's just it just. That was a lot of people's big part problem with Last Jedi was where, like, that's not my Luke. Is what a lot of people said. That's not how Luke acts. While I don't think Luke doing this made any sense, it also follows in track with the Luke they've created. Like, they're they're doubling down on it. We see Luke making questionable decisions, building his academy with Grogu. Yeah. Right. So like he decides to dive in into the Jedi, like he decides to not modify it or anything. He he's like, this is the way. And I think he goes so far into it. He loses sight. You know, he doesn't know better, you know, really like he wasn't there. He didn't see them collapse. He's just kind of following in their footsteps. History is doomed to repeat itself. Mm -hmm. So he's just doing the same faulty Jedi stuff that he doesn't see any problem with. And maybe like he's just he's so deep in he's he's so scared of of the Sith and what's that darkness. He saw it with with Vader and his and, and Palpatine. He's so scared that maybe maybe it's so it, I could see him maybe doing that. But still, it's your nephew, dog. Like 
No, don't know. <laughs> Something don't. else would have had to have happened to make Luke a little bit more jumpy. It is Palpatine. Palpatine had to have been like doing some some weird manipulating. On, on Luke as well is the only thing I can yeah. think of. Yeah, it yeah. would have had to have been something like that. Because, yeah, he does make rash decisions, because that is Luke. Mm-hmm. And he's the same in Legends. He Questionable decision-making for Luke Skywalker yeah. all over the place. <laughs> but so, he kind of throws off that Jedi yoke of, we can't have happiness. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think this is, t- it ends up turning the sequel trilogy into more of a rom-com. Maybe. So I, I dig that. Well, what, any other? That. What else are you seeing happen, uh, Colleen? All the Jaina and Jag stuff being Ray and Ben, I am so here for. Absolutely. Because Jag is like <laughs> this very taciturn go-getter, basically, ace fighter pilot. And Jaina is also a fighter pilot who has an attitude. <laughs> Their clashes are very rom-com-y. But also really fun because it's like Top Gun meets rom com. Okay, I'm here for that. Very competitive, you know, kind of like very rivalry. Mm -hmm. That's hot. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jake Bell, where are you? Can you come into canon, please? (laughs) I love that character so much. Oh man, Kyle. Any any other last thoughts you wanted to lament on for this one before we move on? No, I just yeah, I I agree with y'all. I think that it it wrap it definitely changes the tone of the sequel trilogy and i just think that like you know say what you will about like i I just think that it would be it would be nice to have a more unified tone across those three movies and to have a lighter like a lighter tone would be interesting like i don't know if it would be full rom-com but to have those splashes thrown in would be really intriguing and like listen i mean star wars does a lot of things really well romance is not always their forte (laughs) I mean, we get some great moments with, like, Obi-Wan and Satine, which is doomed. But we get, like, you know, we get splashes in there. But every time we get a compelling romance, it's either a character is killed or we get horrible Attack of the Clones dialogue. So, you know, I just... A romance between Ray and, and Ben would be really intriguing. I, I, I always love... I'm a sucker for a romantic plot that involves, like, competition, like y'all are saying. Like a Top Gun type mm-hmm. thing. It's just fun. It's really, really fun to watch. And so I, I, I would be really into that. Enemies to lovers. Yes, please. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> there was only one bed. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> With how, like, just what it, it, what Last Jedi was, you know, those scenes between the two, with how stilted those were, people were dying over those scenes. Just imagine if they, like, focused on it. it pe- and then let <laughs> Ben and Poe be gay. <laughs> yes. And that too. Both of those. But we yeah. need it. Yeah. All right. Exactly. All right, moving to Colleen's last one. What's Ooh, it going to be? This is my favorite. This one goes out to my friend Sloan. <laughs> what if Yoda and Mace weren't fucking assholes <laughs> during the Clone Wars? Oh, my God. I don't know what happened to Yoda. I'm guessing something real bad happens during the High Republic because he's just off with, like, some younglings having adventures. And doesn't seem too concerned about the whole Jedi must do this, Jedi must do that. So something horrible must happen still. I mean, there's been horrible shit happening in the High Republic. But something even worse must happen for Yoda to become this much of a stick in the mud. 
and for his right hand dude mace to be like you can't become a master mm, i don't really like you nine-year-old child like what the fuck and I love Sam L. I think Sam L does a fantastic job playing Mace. But Mace is a dick. And Yoda made very questionable decisions during the Clone Wars. Very. Why is there no psychiatric help for the Jedi? Like, just war crimes happening to them. Like, Pongkrell freaking flips his shit and turns on them. Ahsoka is kidnapped and like hunted for sport on a planet and yet she's just thrown back into the fray like where where's the emotional support basically what if Yoda and Mace ran the Jedi better it's a great question um hubris <laughs> where where are they without their hubris um <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like I mean it probably wouldn't be nearly as fun that, that, that we got to have people doing stupid stuff and making mistakes or else well, what's the story. But right. it's interesting to, to see how they make the mistakes and why they make the mistakes. I have not read the high Republic stuff. I really, really need to dive into that. It looks really fun seeing Yoda kind of more in his prime. Almost, would you say that's pretty much in his peak? Like he's like moving and jiving just like he's in the comics. He's not as much in the books. Gotcha. More in the comics with the kiddos that he's like just taking on a, a random journey across space. <laughs> in, in, in the world in the High Republic, it's it's essentially what they say the Jedi at kind of like at their highest power. It's like the most amount of Jedi there's ever been. Mm -hmm. They're strongest and everything. They're not like fighting wars for people right now, right? Right. Stick it's a, it's a it. time of peace. Sweet. <laughs> what, not for long. <laughs> which is what they talk about. And I feel like the High Republic is essentially when it all starts falling apart for the Jedi is essentially what they're probably going to show. Maybe with the Acolyte is a very important part yeah. of that downfall. Yes. Um, and like you said, Yoda's different. Um, I want to see how different he is in those in those comics. Um, but yeah, we see a Yoda that's just kind of doing his own thing. He's cryptic and just kind of like there's a deep it's like shadows. I can't see, but there's something there. It's like it's something there, but you aren't doing anything about it. You right. keep saying something's there. Meditate on this. I'm going to meditate and just chill and go go to Ilium with the kids and talk about lightsabers. I'm sure it'll show itself eventually. And just they don't do anything. Like you said, like even when they finally say in Revenge of the Sith, they finally, oh, wow, finally there's something going on. There's a there's a dark presence and you're actually trying to do something about it now. It's just the way they go about everything. It's hubris. It really, really is. It's it's narcissistic. Just comf they're they're comfortable. Yeah, this is the, what we've been doing for years. Yoda, especially, has been doing it for hundred, couple hundred years. It's and it's different. Like time has changed, and they're just so set in their ways of what they are. They they're just doing whatever, and they're now they've become a freaking soldiers. They are, you know, soldiers for hire almost for the for the imp for the um, chancellor for the chancellor and it's just they aren't who they're supposed to be they're they're supposed to fight for peace and they're, they're just literally fighting a war almost the exact opposite so like, if they did Ferris everything different, right right but the Ferris question was is, right yeah was so but my main thing about this is if they were to do it comp like competently would the jedi would either they have been completely like neutral and just like what do they do then or do they join the other side? Like they, they, 
or yeah, I don't think they would do that either, but like maybe they would see more they would see both sides more and they would try to help both as diplomatically as possible. I don't know. This is a really tough one. Like what is going to happen? Kyle, what do you think if Mace and Yoda actually did their job? It's hard because well, they're not diplomats. They're they not. are not diplomats. They're not trained for this. No. Here's here's the thing. Like Damon, you said it really well. You were talking about how they are comfortable where they are. They are they don't question things. There's hubris. You said it well, and then there's one word that you left out. This is all that they are. It's the patriarchy. Like yeah. they if there's a fucking woman in charge, this you know, like I just Yaddle. Put Yaddle in charge. Put Yaddle up there. She's ready. Yaddle. She's in the wings. Uh just it's two fucking men who think that they're smarter than everyone else. That's, that's what it comes down to. And I think that I love I love this what if to end on because it's just so it changes a lot of power structures within the Jedi Order. And I think that it yeah, if they just did their fucking job or if they listened more or if there was a goddamn HR department in the Jedi Order, like they're they go through some traumatic shit. And it's you gotta address that sometimes. Like you have to address some of those things. I think of because it's one of my favorite arcs, but I think of the Obi-Wan fake dying and then being yeah. The assassin and I love those episodes because I'm a big Cad Bane slut. But I just, you know, I love I love those episodes and I just that's so fucking troubling to do that and to not fill Anakin in or Ahsoka in. It's just like you understand why Anakin goes the way he goes with that because it's just like how little do you how little respect do you have for Anakin to not fill him in on that? And I just that is all Yoda and Mace. Like you're right, it's just the two of them, and so. One, yeah, I think you bring in other people to lead who are a little more in in touch with their people, um, who listen more. I just think that I'm I'm really curious about these High Republic books and comics because I want to see where all of that began. And so I, I yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I just think that changing this and changing their dynamic and the way that they lead really does like affect the Jedi Order not only in the prequels, but going forward. We don't know what happens with Palpatine or the Order 66. We don't know how much that, that changes things. So it's, yeah. It it's takes a great advantage call. of it. Right, yeah, yeah. Advantage of them that's the, being complacent. That's the genius of Palpatine, is that he knows he knows them, and he knows who they are, he knows their hubris, and he doesn't even have to do much. He just has to put that little earworm in about Darth played just the wise into Anakin's ear. And like, you know, he just he just has to play with people's already preconceived insecurities and also hubris and pride and then just let them fall apart on their own. Like he is literally just taking one card out of that that house of cards and watching it fall apart. So yeah. um, in, in this universe, Colleen, do okay. you think Order 66 goes down like it did? It's hard to say because are the Jedi involved in the Clone Wars? That's true. It's it's all different. So I can't, I can't even look that far ahead. Yeah, it's. I think Palpatine would have to come at it from a different direction. Like he'd probably still become Chancellor. I think it just really depends because he's been picking at them for so long. Like you said, he's been pulling cards out. It's like a big Jenga tower that is just ready to come down because he was pretty young when he started picking at people. I mean, Dooku. He yep. saw that and took that chance immediately. He sees the weaknesses in people and their strengths, and he knows how to exploit both, which is really bad for the Jedi at this point. He's he's like such a great bad guy. He's so good. Mm -hmm. 
that that's a really fun one to think about. Everything could change. Yeah. They could just be freaking good at their damn jobs. Ventress might still be alive. That would be nice. Right. It would be nice. I want yeah, more Ventress. <laughs> more Ventress, please. Just retcon her death. She doesn't have to be dead, y'all. Bring her back. We're, we'll be okay. There's no reason for it. Bring her back and we will forget that she died. Yeah, She's been yeah. hiding Quinlan Voss, just having lots of sex. That's all yes, they do. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's, she's that's like, all. they're she's like angling herself towards a TV screen with Obi Wan on it, and he's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Stop! It's fine! It's fine! It's fine! <laughs> Just bring her back." <laughs> all right. Um, no more talking about Yoda and Mace, the worst, the worst bosses. Uh, we're gonna get to the last pick of this draft after the last break. You hear that? That's nature. Don't you ever fucking forget it. <laughs> Well, hello there. We have just come back from a trip to the Jedi Order where they're offering cookies and free therapy sessions. And Mace Windu is in the bathroom. Someone locked him in there and he's not coming out. Uh, it's it's a wonderful place. I recommend it. But in the meantime, we've got one more draft pick from our good friend Damon. What you got for us, man? Round out that board. I don't want to leave that world. It's, it's a world <laughs> where Mace is nice. Um, okay, we're going into a different world. This world is a different one than we were than we know it is one that harrison ford wished we gotten i'm yeah. talking about the world where han solo did not survive the original trilogy and damn it did he want that to happen he just really wanted han solo to die okay um what's wrong with you harrison ford just stop being so cranky about it um he won't. but yeah <laughs> he just really has something against I think it's the Star Wars fans. He's like, fuck these guys. <laughs> um, want two movies, and he's like, I'm done. George, kill me, please. <laughs> um, anyways, if he did not, if he if he dies, we get we get a world where they pretty much probably still win the war. They still Luke still takes care of Vader and everything. But what happens to Leia? Leia no longer has. Bow, you know, there is no Han Solo, meaning we don't get any kids, we don't get Ben. Okay, so going forward, I think we get what I think Luke and Leia running the academy together, mm. Leia going full Jedi training, becoming a master, and just those two running the academy. And that means Luke isn't as stupid, and <laughs> Leia's like. We need to scrap some of this stuff. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So everything's kind of better. What say you, Kyle? We get Leia walking in behind him on checking on Ben. What the fuck are you doing? That's my son. Like, he's standing there over him. Uh, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. I want to say my, my favorite. This is my favorite thing about Harrison Ford. I love him so much. And I love that he's always just like, no, just fucking kill me. I just think it's hilarious. Uh, we're probably gonna get, we're gonna lose Indy and Indy Five whenever that comes out. But I, I, you know, I just I think that, um, yeah, this does it changes a lot. I think that I I love Han, so I, it, it's sad to think about. Where are you thinking this is like in an Empire in Cloud City when he like pulls the blaster on on Vader? Yeah, yeah. I mean, either it's hard. For I guess me there's to, a lot of times where he. Could I don't know died, if it so changes it, too much of it. Like, regardless of when he goes, I don't know if it changes too much of anything, yeah. except for maybe, like, how Leia feels about when he goes. I don't know. Um, she hooks up I mean, with Lando. 
I was gonna say how how soon after the wake does Lando swoop in? <laughs> He's... They don't get married or anything, but they definitely bone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And is that how we get Ben? We get a different Ben. <laughs> I'm here for it. His name is Han. <laughs> oh God! <no. laughs> oh man, because Lando Chewie's, is sick like Chewie's that. Chewie's pissed. Chewie's like, who got with Lando and had a kid and named it Han. I'm never talking to y'all again. <laughs> the Force Awakens. It's not Luke who's off missing. It's Chewie because he's pissed at everyone. <laughs> Got to go find Chewie. Where is he? I don't know. He's just really mad about you sleeping with your your ex's best friend. <laughs> Other best friend. I'm his best friend, but. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Oh yeah. man, shenanigans. So many shenanigans. <laughs> it, yeah, because I do like the angle a lot, though, of Leia being more directly involved with the Jedi Academy training herself. Like that, that makes a lot more sense. Because I think that one thing that's really cool about Leia is like losing Han would be a very, like, it would be a tough blow. And it would take a lot to get over that. Like, that's the love of her life. But I think because Leia is such a strong character with so much agency i think that yeah she does move on and like i think no better way to honor han who initially didn't want anything to do with the conflict like he just wanted to take his money and run and so the fact that he does come back and fight i think she would honor that and she would want to raise people to be like that so like not want to be more self-serving and to join the the fray as it were and um, yeah, her being more hands-on at the Academy with Luke would be interesting. I definitely agree with Damon that she would keep Luke in check and like, she would be the calm. It's kind of the same thing as the Mason Yoda thing. Like she would be that HR, like calming presence of like, let's maybe not handle things that way. Um, yeah, it, it overall, she's just a, a more of a, a calming presence to basically everyone involved, even Chewie, you know, it, might even be more difficult for Chewie than it is for Leia if Han dies, because I, you know, I just I don't want to think about that sad. But uh, like you know, it just it it sets some things up. Even like the Force Awakens, Ray. I mean, that's basically her guide in that movie is Han. So what? How does that change? Like, what happens there? Does she more fall in line with Leia? Like, what what happens there? What that's different? Because maybe Luke isn't missing in in that movie because he didn't attack his nephew because Leo was there. Like, there's a lot of chain reaction things happening here. So I, it's a good it's a good pick. Yeah. Colleen, what do you see happening more than anything in this one? What are you focusing on? I would see I, either Leia does help Luke or she goes really full into politics and is with Mon Mothma, like, all the time. And maybe gets married somewhere down the road just she meets somebody and it's like, oh yeah, you're cool. We're gonna we're gonna make some beautiful children and they're gonna be very powerful politicians. But then she has kids and they're all really fantastic, like with the force, because of course they are. And maybe this is where you get Jana and Jason and Anakin Solo, but without the solo name, unless she's like, Oh yeah, Organa Solo. So yeah, maybe. It's hard hard to say. I think Leia it would go against her character to go full Jedi. I think she would train. Like she doesn't, in Legends, she trains to be a Jedi. But she's more the politician. She's a leader. Gotcha. It would be very hard for her to give that up. That's fair. So maybe... She might help Luke set up the school. 
yeah, maybe she sets it up, trains, gets it going, instills those principles that aren't just his crazy Jedi stuff. Each they change it up, right. and maybe maybe the first order doesn't really get built up as strong because her and Mon Mothma are just like on it, and maybe the new what what do they call it? I forget in Mandalorian. Like, do they have a name for the uh, new system they're creating? I forget. I know they they named it something. It's like but the, new the Republic, I think. Yeah, some I think something like that. Um, but maybe she's in charge. Like maybe she just is even more, you know, and they're doing a good job. They're confident at their jobs because clearly whoever took in charge isn't very very good at it. So Mothma um, does, but she of course has to retire eventually. Right. And then Leia gets outed as Vader's daughter, and so her political ambitions are pretty much ruined. Because um, nobody knows. Oh, in, that's in, yeah. canon, in the canon books, nobody knows. Right. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. I was say that that's what that's the the kind of the what what is the book? It came out around the same time as Force Awakens or like close to that. That was the lead up to that. Is that the um, bloodline? Is bloodline. The, yeah. yeah. Seems like that dealt with that a lot. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. That that's yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, I mean Han Han almost died. They almost did it, and we wouldn't have gotten Force Awakens. That whole trilogy would be different, like we said, because we won't have Kylo at all we won't mm-hmm. have that that apprentice for snoke and them so right. who's leading the charge that'll be interesting and what's the conflict with ray i don't uh, maybe the trilogy isn't as exciting then if we don't have that conflict but maybe it's more more leia's focused you know and her struggle trying to keep the fight going um mm-hmm. people would be sad because that we wouldn't get the that one more more han solo movie which was fun i really loved him in force awakens so yeah i thought he was, he was great we won't talk about him in Rise of Skywalker. That was that was, that was an interesting scene. Um, I think he only did whoa. that because I, I mean that was probably dead. one of the better scenes. But yeah, I think he I, only agreed to do that because it was supposed to be Carrie. Yeah, it was definitely a scene that, that felt like it it was gonna be Carrie originally. I am a big defender of that scene. I think it's done well. It feels like Harrison Ford actually caring. Like he seems yeah. to not phone it in in that performance. And mm-hmm. I like the I like the inverse of the dialogue from when he kills him like that. I think that was really touching, um, but I, I can understand why it feels a little short shoehorn. <laughs> it definitely did. Although their chemistry as father son was oh, very good. So good. Yeah. I, I mean, personally, I think that's probably my favorite stretch of rise of Skywalker is the, their fight. Mm-hmm. And then, then him seeing uh, Han. So without that, I might not have liked rise of Skywalker at all. So I don't know. <laughs> um, that is it, y'all. That's the last pick. We got it. 12 What If episodes. Uh, Disney, come at us. Make these. You know, <laughs> just give us royalties. We're, we're good for it. Um, yeah. That what means we had. Obi-Wan took a death stick. <laughs> <laughs> Everything changes. He becomes Qui-Gon Jr. <laughs> he turn, turns into an addict. He's just an addict. <laughs> becomes Requiem for a dream. It's Obi-Wan. Oh he sells or train spotting. Game. Which is he when McGregor? He just turns into train spotting. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, I didn't have too many alternatives. This was hard, kind mm-hmm. of. I mean, there's a lot, but there's, there's, you know, you didn't want to go too off the path where nothing actually changes at all. But it'd be fun, it, you know. I had, a, I had several of those. Um, Colleen, what was some that you had down but you could not draft? Um. There was one I was thinking of that was like pure Richard, 
what if Mando killed Grogu oh. <laughs> in the egg? I was like, yeah, that was a Richard one. Oh, man. That series would be over real fast. <laughs> yep. Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, mm, that one would be tough. I thought about Satine for sure. It was very, I love Satine. I think she's fantastic. I don't know if she'll have a flashback episode, but if he thinks about her at least or mentions her, that would be good. Just a mention would be enough. Like I just need, Mm -hmm. I I need canon. It's already canon, but I need like confirmation that he still thinks about her and carries that with him. Mm -hmm. What if Tarkin fled? What if he does not die on the Death Star? Huh. That's actually a really interesting one because I do love Tarkin and and I think that he would be actually a very threatening presence if he had not died there. Because he's very Thrawn-esque. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Even Thrawn's like, mm, don't really want to mess with Tarkin. <laughs> yeah. You know, also, real quick, we didn't mention that in the what if earlier about um, if uh, Kanan didn't die. Chain reaction, there's no way Thrawn isn't chilling with the Death Star mm-hmm. when it's up and running. So yeah. Thrawn is there instead of Tarkin in my eyes. So. Oh, no. He wouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, I'm, I'm completely wrong. He doesn't want anything to do with the Death Star. He thinks it's. Oh. Oh, that, oh that's, well, that, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That, that makes that that makes a lot of sense. It is kind of stupid, really. I mean, he's kind of. <laughs> he's kind of lost. Well, Tarkin, it kind of is until it works. Tarkin, gotcha. he does not like what's his face? Cape. Ben Mendelsohn and Blaine. Well, that would have been fun, but... Krennic! Krennic! There we go. Thrawn says, screw the Death Star in your family, so... That um, would be interesting if Palpatine had chosen Thrawn's plan of actually building the um, new TIE Fighters. Mm. Because if they have hyperdrives and shields, I think the Rebellion is fucked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Should have listened to Thrawn. <laughs> and, uh, any others you wanted to mention, uh, Colleen? Those were some of my bigger ones. Poor Grogu. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other ones. I love the one of Leia being the one that gets trained, especially by Yoda. Because yeah. in the What If short stories, Yoda's like, I don't want to train Luke. Can I have, can I have Padme's kid instead? <laughs> Good he's, God, like, yes. he's like, no, I think Leia would be a better choice. And Obi-Wan's like, no, you must train Luke. Fine. <laughs> Good God, I love that. Um, is that. That's why he's like acting so crazy. He's just hoping Luke just leaves. <laughs> he's like, maybe if I just act kooky, like if I just act like I don't know this guy's going to jet and I can just go back to eating my frogs. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, um, I had I had one that I thought about, but I ended up going with the Han Solo one. But this one is just chaotic. Be crazy. What if Maul killed both Obi Wan and Qui Gon, and then raised and trained uh, Anakin? Either Ooh. under the eye of Palpatine, or they he goes off and runs away because he knows Palpatine wouldn't let him. Right. But that'd be an interesting one. Um. I, of course, also had the, if Ahsoka joined, you know, listen to Maul. Mm-hmm. Um, what if Ahsoka never left the Jedi Order? 
is is one I think about a lot. One I thought of, yeah. I mean, I feel like Anakin unfortunately still probably turns. I mean, he did still turn with Obi Wan there, but it it would have been harder. I think you know it would have been a chance of it not happening. Well, it turns into the question none of us want to ask, which is who survives that duel, Anakin and Ahsoka, because that happens. Like that is like it's a hundred percent assured to happen. If if she stays in the Jedi Order and he turns, she's gonna go after him. I'm on Ahsoka stand. But yeah, I, I, obviously she survives, but like, you know, it's sad still. <laughs> um, that's all I have. Uh, Kyle, did you have any you didn't get to draft? Uh, I didn't have a ton of like big ones. Um, <laughs> there was one that like, even though we, we've dunked on it a little bit and I do hate the ultimatum that Luke gives Grogu. I do wonder, like, what if Grogu had, had taken the, the saber like and, and chosen that route? What's what happens there? I mean, since the beginning of The Mandalorian, I have wondered, like, why isn't... Does Grogu go out and train with Luke, and, like, is he one of the victims of Kylo? Like, what what happens to him? So, you know, I just, I'm curious to see what happens if he chooses the, the saber and and trains with Luke more. Um, but otherwise, I don't have a ton. Like, what if, what if Anakin had heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Who knows? It doesn't change anything, but I just love the scene if he, like, says that, and Hayden Christian's like, yeah. I, I love that. I love that story. Um, I think it would be a funny scene. Otherwise, Kyle, yeah, I have nothing. Kyle, you just gave me the best meme ever. Have you ever heard of the story of Darth Plagueis Wise? Like, yeah, I saw that the other day. Just like, just, just looking <laughs> He's at on his, his phone. phone. <laughs> just honestly, I saw that the other day. Oh my God, yes. I love it. <laughs> what if Maul had run over Anakin in the desert? Uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's done. Bye-bye, Anakin. <laughs> Good job, Maul. <laughs> Got it all out. Oh, what if just like said, "Stop hitting on me. You're way too young, Anakin." And then that never happened. Calling <laughs> me an angel. What if Padme stuck to her guns. <laughs> what if Padme didn't die of fucking sadness? <laughs> That's why I had that what if. Okay, earlier, so she survived instead of just dying from dying sadness. sadness. She like said, "No, let's not. Let's not die." <laughs> um, Anna, did you have any that you wanted to mention to the people that we did not? I- did i mean i'm really upset nobody mentioned kit fisto but that's besides the point (laughs) (laughs) it pains me too much to mention kit fisto i know out of all the aliens i might be the thirstiest for kit fisto um no seriously so what if ezra went with hondo Mm. Ooh, pirate (laughs) that would have been spicy that would have been hilarious would've been so fun. I want to see that spin off. What do we have to do to make that happen? You kind of get Ezra as Star-Lord Ezra. and Hondo as Yondu. Like that's kind of your your spin off there. That would be so fun though. That's a great one. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm I'm down for that one. Any others uh for us, Anna? I I don't have it fully fleshed out because I just thought of this, but what if Sabine stayed with her family. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Right? That's a weird dynamic. The, the ghost crew doesn't survive. <laughs> Without their clutch player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sabine, like, had some awesome plans. She was real crafty, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been really difficult. <laughs> what if Chopper wasn't a war criminal? 
only more imperial. He's still be a war criminal in every multiverse. In every timeline, he's a war criminal. Cold blooded murder machine. Him being a war criminal is a nexus point. He's just, it's his fixed point in time. You can't change this. Literally, you can't. He is a Scarlet Witch. I feel like there's also like a what if around Cad Bane. My, my brain is shot, so I can't really formulate it properly. But what if Cat Bane was good? What if he didn't go out like a bitch in Book of Boba Fett? Maybe. He didn't go out like who a knows? bitch. It was poor writing. <laughs> okay. And he was yeah. he was like gunned down by young Boba though, or supposed yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Which could have um, been interesting. I'm glad he got to be in live action, but like no one knows who he is but, unless they've yeah. seen. Yeah. Right. Right. Give him some more stuff to do before yeah. you do it. Yeah. Well, Book of Boba Fett was a different podcast. We won't we won't dwell on that. Uh, Anna, any last words for the people at home? Yeah, I I don't even know why they introduced him in Book of Boba Fett if they were just going to kill him off right away. Like that's so yep. dumb. That's the point. I don't think if he's they were going to make him the overall think, villain of the series, that would have made sense. Dead. But he's not dead. I don't he think can't, he's dead. he can't be. There has to be more there. There's no way he's dead. That was just a false. Like that was a red herring. He's he's going to be back. Him and Cobb are going to have, like, ultimate showdowns. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It has to. Um, that was a lot of fun, y'all. Um, I love talking about Star Wars. Colleen, you were a delight. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and, Always fun. Yeah, we'll probably have you, Alan, for another Star Wars episode at some point. Um, <laughs> so, hope to have you. Uh, everyone at home, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, we'd love to hear from y'all. Just let us know if you have any ideas, comments, criticisms. Uh, just let us know. Uh, we have some fun stuff in the works for y'all. Kyle, what do we have for the people? Yeah, that's right. Next week, uh, Moon Knight is wrapping up. So we're giving you our, our episode of the Effies for Moon Knight. Um, week after that, there's a big old Marvel movie coming out, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We're giving you the Effies for that. And then we're rounding out this month with the fun, fun fan cast. Basically, we're going to be drafting our dream video game movie adaptations, casting them with our good pal Nick. It's going to be chaotic. Can't wait to see the hot takes from Nick, as always. Uh, it's going to be fun, though. So, yeah, stay tuned. It's going to be a fun month of May. So we'll catch you all next week. This is what we do.